you lot. It's time for episode 56 of Garage Hammer. On this episode, the fat manling and the smart one get together as a couple of old campaigners planning out their next couple of battles together. Then they talk about the big Civil War Chicago challenge before getting into more special characters. If you really consider green skins and demons to be special, well, anyway, it's about to start, so shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage. Hey, 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 welcome to the garage, you tools. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I uh, hope you're all doing good. Sitting across from me is Chris Yu. And sitting across from you is David Whitek. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Abraham Lincoln. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, as always, should we take a moment? Please do. Let's, Let's take a moment. thank our sponsors. Let's thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana, Ursa's Den Custom Painting and Sculpting, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. All right. Uh, actually, I forgot one in there, which is Lizard Man Jeff and the Circle City Circuit. Oh, yes, of course. Um, who, the circuit is starting up soon. He posted up on the forum that the circuit's about to the start. The new season, I saw. Yeah, he's going to have to come on and talk, us, talk to us about what's going on. Hopefully, in the next episode or so, he'll come on. They've got such a great scene down there. Yep. And obviously, links to all of our sponsors can be found in our show notes and on our sponsors page at garagehammer.net. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, someone, I forget, it was either you or Greg Dan who said something about, oh, no, you know, you guys were calling them we tools say? last episode. Garage Hammer Tools, yeah. And like either yesterday or today, suddenly on Twitter, it was uh, it was Jersey General. Mm. That's right. I'm a tool. Yeah, you got to make shirts. So I guess this is one of the instances where I thought that's not a good. No, nah, I don't think that's a good name. I think we need to come with something better. Well, it doesn't have to. Hey, people are liking it. So now we're going to have to get make shirts. You know, garage hammer. I'm, I'm done I'm with a that. real so tool. Maybe the the larger the sponsorship, they get a bigger tool. <laughs> you start off with nuts and bolts and work your way up to a jackhammer. Oh my god, <laughs> something like that. I'm just thinking out loud. Nuts and bolts to jack. What, what are we point hammer? Or we just, I'm a real tool. You know, have <laughs> <laughs> that on the shirts. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to say anything. It could just be a rusty wrench. <laughs> as long as it's not a rusty trombone. <laughs> so huh? nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Awkward. Uh, Rusty trombone. Uh, don't ask. I'll explain it to you at the commercial I, break. This is a, this is a family-friendly show. Yeah, so um, um, tell me about outs. voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do. We have a shout-out from uh, Mark Zielinski. It's okay. coming through on voicemail. Um, so we're going to put that in right here. Hey, Dave and Chris. How are you doing? It's Mark Zielinski giving you a quick shout-out here. I needed to officially welcome Chris to the podcast and his official co-host duties. That's outstanding. Congratulations, Chris. I also wanted to mention that the show has been so good lately, I haven't even had time to listen to the podcast I contribute to, which is the Dice Tower podcast. We haven't seen a garage gamer in a while, so if any of the listeners want to get some general gaming news and board games and things like that, you can check out the Dice Tower at www.thedicetower.com. Occasionally I'll toss in some Warhammer, but mostly war games and family games with me on the show. And finally, we have to give a proper shout-out to the Phoenix Prince. Great to hear Harrison on the show. And we hope we hear more from him in the future. Well, I hope the shout-out makes it to you in time to get into the episode. 
And I'm going to be signing out. So this is Mark, and I'm going to be signing out for Colin, the Vampire Lord and his Vampire Counts, and Kylie, the Bretonian Damsel and her Bretonian Army. And as always, thanks, Mark, for this one of several numerous shout-outs. Uh, Mark loves to sponsor the show and give us a, a fun shout-out every couple episodes, so hey, thank you. And he did it over our voicemail. Oh, excellent. We have voicemail, Chris. Tell me about know? voicemail. <laughs> it's... You can just call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh, leave a voicemail about uh, upcoming events or upcoming... Um, smack Talk. Yeah, Smack Talk, tournaments. And um, I think the plan is now people are actually starting to use it. I think we've got two other just regular old voicemails for the show. Now, you could use a voicemail to do your shout-out if you want to be the, hey, I'm the shout-out sponsor. Right, yeah. Um, in this case, I'm kind of forced Mark to do it because as we <laughs> as we were sitting down to record, I didn't have his shout out yet. Well, he so, said he would get it in soon. Yeah, and I mean, still, we're, it's you know, okay. uh, soon is a relative term. Yeah, soon I suppose. <laughs> but uh, so I kind of forced him to do it by voicemail. But if you want to call and leave a voicemail about an upcoming tournament or something you're doing, um, we're just going to drop it in in between either if we have extra commercial breaks. And 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 we've run through all our commercials. Uh, we'll drop them in there, or maybe before or after commercial break. So it, it, if you just drop in a voicemail, and then it's not the shout out sponsor. We're just going to start throwing sure. them in because we get some really, areas. We get yeah. some really good ones, yeah, and we do. so and we get some funny ones like that whole block of Johnny Hastings uh, <laughs> dialing up for the us. Drunk that. dialing. <laughs> uh-huh. I haven't heard those yet, but those would be fun. <laughs> so, um, so there we go. That's uh, that's that, okay. and. Um, so we're going to start doing that throughout the show. Sounds good. Uh, it's actually kind of interesting. We're kind of, since you've joined up, we're doing some new things. New things, um, yeah. New, new titles new music, to segments, yeah. new music. Um, I got to say, you. Uh, I mean, I know when I asked you to come in, I asked you to come in on a, listen, all you got to do is come in and record the shows. Come, in, I do come it, in and blap, right? It's a lot of work, and I didn't want to scare you off by saying, I need you to do this, that, and the other. Um, and really, as long as you come in and did the shows and recorded some commercials with yeah. me, I would have been content. But, you know, I, you know, there's going to be changes, obviously, because sure. it's new little, personalities. Little new, and yeah. uh, I, I got to say, I, after, I was not 100% certain how all of it was going to work. Like when you said, you know, we need a little music to go in and out of the commercials. Uh-huh. And at first I was like, what the hell for? And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know, every radio program that I listen to on the radio has a little bit of music it's, leading uh, in out of course. It's a little bit of um, less jarring audio depth. Yeah, and, a little uh, texture. I was I, as I as I was recording it, even as I was putting the last episode, editing it. I'm like, I think this is kind of working. I'm like, I think this is kind of working. Well, I could tell because you're getting into the music and uh-huh. you know, you're picking tracks that you like. And <laughs> like hey, it's a very I, personal thing, you know. You're yeah. sharing the music that you like with. Well, that you know, I know a lot of people didn't like my music tracks for the for the. The, the, for the battle report. Battle report. But, I mean, I just picked up what Steroid Maximus because I like that in and out of the commercials. Uh, some people might recognize him. That's the same guy who does, uh, if you've ever seen the show, The Adventure Brothers. I have not. It's an animated show on Cartoon Network, okay. on Adult Swim. And he does the music for that, too. It sounds very much like that. But Interesting. I was like, oh, this is... So I'm I'm just having fun with this, and I hope well, the listeners are too. having fun. I mean, and, this is supposed to be a fun endeavor. Yeah. Well, and we've been getting a lot of positive feedback, and I guess that's part of what I just wanted. To, that's the only reason I'm bringing it up is that you know people have. I know you were at first you were. Oh, I don't know if people are going to really. It was a little, you know, change. Sure. You know, fear a little change. You know what's going to happen. People are going to react well. Well, and like I said, I just thought about it. I just said, you know, you come on all the time as a guest. Just now, come on all the time. 
Well, but being, being a guest and talking about things kind of uh, here or there is one thing. But I, being a full-time guest... I didn't realize how different it would be. Like I said, I just I do this all the time. It's, it's like being the uncle to kids. Uh-huh. You get to show up, you get to play, but then you leave. You don't have to deal with diapers and all that. <laughs> when you're the parent, and you know this, if you're oh, the yeah. parent, it's all it's, the stuff all the time, good or bad. Yeah, and it was like... And I just... I didn't... In fact, part of it was... And we had this whole conversation is I didn't realize how much of a transition it would feel like to you like it's, well it's more ownership right and 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 you've just really stepped in with some great fantastic ideas and and I appreciate uh, and that. i just i've been i've been really enjoying it and we've been getting a lot of good feedback and i just wanted to say it right on the air that i i'm this is good this is going good i appreciate that um let's keep it going all right so let's move on to the uh to the mailbag section we've gotten a lot of really good emails Mm-hmm. Uh, about uh, campaign gaming. People listening saying, oh, that's what I nice. want to do. That's what I want to do. This is cool. Uh, a couple people said we should check the General's Compendium, the old General's Compendium. Which I've been actually been referencing quite a bit. I don't know if you have that. Grant gave me one as a gift oh. like in his basement but before he started remodeling it. He was like, here, Dave, you want one of these? And okay. I was just like, oh, that's awesome. Huh. So it's actually over there. That's I just, a good book. I'm going to pull that out today and reference that. Um, there were actually a couple others that maybe we'll talk about either later or on another episode. Depending on how much time we have, I got a couple emails today. Uh, apparently, there are some like worldwide campaigns, worldwide where they have they set up uh, scenarios and stuff, and you get a couple of people in your gaming area, and you have games. You pick a side. Oh, and so and, and, and you play the and outcomes determine. Yeah, and then you go, you play them with friends and locally, and then you post your results on the internet. So it's like a little storm of magic. They used to do that. Yeah, you'd record, you report your results to GW on the site, and right? They would have a chart that shows forces of good, forces uh-huh. of evil, and then that determines the next yeah. one. And you're just part of this group of hundreds, if not thousands, of players. That's pretty cool. All playing out, and uh, so we, we we're gonna uh, well, that that's actually not a bad topic, maybe for a future show. Kind of talking about Epic. that and look, yeah, a really huge scale. But uh, I wanted to mention one uh, email I got, mm-hmm. and it was uh, from Dennis Went. Uh, Dennis, when we were talking about comp at Bits, yes. Dennis was the guy who had the VC list who went up against Christopher. Is this, he had all the ethereals? He had the, the five ethereals, the two in the front, three in the second row, two behind the, Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, we were talking about lists, and I guess. I, now, he actually wrote, and he said, whoa, you hammered my list on the podcast, and uh, I guess, you know, he and I got to talking, and I, let me just put it this way. Rather than going into the whole back and forth of our emails, I never meant to imply in any way, shape, or form that Dennis was either A, a dirty player, or B, had an illegal or cheaty list. I I know I questioned, hey, can you displace the whole command unit like that? Uh-huh. I didn't think that was a legal move because the way I had read the rules, yes, and, and I, when I went back and reread them, rules is written, you can absolutely do that. Um, when I had read them and looked at the little picture example, I guess I interpreted it differently. Another way, okay. Um, so I, I, had th- I, when I thought it meant if there's room, I, I don't want to go into the whole rules discussion. Sure. We can do that at a different time, have a little rules segment of how I sort of read that. But... I know he's a good guy. I met him at Bits. I didn't meet him. I only met him for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But everybody I know who's played against him or met him says he's a he's a good player. He's a fair. I did not mean to imply that he was in any way playing a, a, a cheaty list or playing underhanded. And he didn't say I was, but I just in case I sounded that way to anybody else. Okay. I, you see, know, I didn't get that uh, when we talked about that. Right. The impression I got was uh, you were more almost. Um, 
Well, I did. I did hammer his list a little bit too. And well, I don't know if "hammered" is the right term, but you were almost in awe of the that the, that combination and that it was it worked so well. Right. I mean, I guess part of it was, and I and I had actually discussed this with Christopher after like like last week after I had gotten the email and I was going to mention it last episode and forgot, and I saw Chris beginning of this week and the last week yeah. and we were talking about it. It's it's one of those things that Christopher put it in our local little gaming group yeah. of, of just plain friendly games. It wouldn't get the bro hammer nod to go and throw all those ethereals up. Probably and, not. No. And but it, it, it is a, it is a tough combo. That's for well, sure. Well, here's the thing. It, and, but combo. Dennis brought up a really great point. Mm. Their ethereals, their toughness 3 with no armor save. If Correct. you have any sort of magic attack, they're toast. You're not afraid of that at all. Yeah. I mean, they're wraiths. They have great weapons. They're going to strike last. If you have some magical attacks in that unit, mm-hmm. all five of those guys die before they ever get to swing at Agreed. you. Agreed. So that's easy points. Exactly. Easy combat res. You know, the other thing is uh, certain spells, that's yeah, easy pickings for certain spells. Oh, sure. Your Dwellers Below or even Flames of the Phoenix of the High Elf Lore. Yeah. I mean, anything that hits it distributed is shooting because their characters would affect right. them last. However, that be that as it may, my whole point, the only reason I'm bringing it up is... I wouldn't want to come on the show and disparage anyone or make them. I didn't. I didn't want anyone to get anyone out. I, sure. Yeah, I didn't. I just. I didn't want to. I didn't want anything to come across as negative, And I just wanted to. You know, hey, I used the microphone here, and I made somebody who is a listener of the show and and a good guy and a good player. I made him feel like you know, like you I hammered him a bit, okay. and I didn't. That that's. You know, I never want to use this microphone to do that. Sure, absolutely. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, because, I mean, hell, who knows? I might even just try it one day just to see how it works. I say you do it. You do try it because you have that I, option. Why not? Exactly. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, just try, you know, you got you want to try all sorts of different things but with your list. To Dennis' credit, he did find a good uh, right. setup that worked, and he, he maximized and, and it. And he also pointed out that if you're on Carpe Noctem, the Vampire Counts uh, all over. forum, he goes, this has been discussed all over. Yeah. This is like th- this is not like a hidden combo. If you walk up and you see two wraiths in the front and three in the second row, you, you know, know what's, what's common. common. Agreed. And you have to. I mean, you, 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 so agreed. I remember thinking when we when you guys originally brought it up, thinking, and I didn't voice this on the show, thinking, well, there, I'm familiar with that combo because I've I've gone to Carpe Noctum. I, right. I tend to go to the different forms to see what they're big. I kind of creep on the forms. I, I, I even see. have a membership. I just I never say much right. only because I'm just well, you just, just look at some intelligence. <laughs> so yeah. I, I saw that, and I, was, I remember thinking while you guys were discussing it, I remember thinking, well, yeah, there are a lot of different counters for that, but I think the conversation was so. Uh, impassioned uh-huh. against that list that you know I didn't really well, say much. And like I said, I hadn't played against it either. I just knew that Christopher totally. And this is this is not a knock on Christopher, but he didn't see it coming. He didn't. No, he didn't catch it. Like when it when he and when it hit when it when that happened, he had nothing magical to do, so he couldn't it. affect the unit, yeah. and he was just like, "Oh, I'm, I'm screwed." Right. Well, that's and I'll, I'll bet you though, if he, <laughs> if you see something like that on the table again. He will know exactly what to do and what not to do. Oh yeah, that that's not going to catch him off guard a second. That's not a thing that'll catch you off guard twice. Right. You know, especially a, a player of Christopher's caliber because he is analytical and he will remember those types of things and use it later. Absolutely. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to throw that out there and just say for the it. record. Yeah. You know what? Why don't we uh, quick commercial break and then come back with the uh, news and rumors? Sounds good. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. 
What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. We're back. And here we are. Yes. And that was a great musical uh, segue. In I love that commercial. song. <laughs> uh, okay, so on to news and rumors. Um, well, by the time you hear this, it will be out. But at the time we're recording on August 31st, 2012. Happy Labor Day, by the way. Oh, yes. Happy Labor Day weekend. News and rumors is that 40K Dark Vengeance comes out tomorrow. Now, clarify for me. Is that the box set? Is it's that the, the 40K box of set. Island of Blood? Uh, yes. Okay. Now, tomorrow is the special edition comes out, which is $8 more than the regular edition. What makes it special? It comes with one extra character model. Um, okay. Basically, the regular box set has X, Y, and Z, and this has W, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Who do you get? You get the interrogator chaplain... Seraphicus, which is that this sounds impressive. It's it's actually actually it's a really like Terminator model. I'll show you a picture of him while I'm talking here, and then we'll any uh, cool vehicles or anything that come with it. Yeah, you get a you get a well the bike wing because it's Dark Angels oh, versus Forty K, so you get the bike wing. I remember now. What do you think of those? I always kind of thought they seemed like something really low armor and weird. I used to play in Car Wars when we were a kid, and you could take the motorcycle, and it's fast and cool, but it always got blown up first. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bike. Yeah. Bikes apparently are better in 6th edition. They've gotten a, a bit of a boost, because you know, everything that's really tough gets a nerf, and everything sure. that nobody takes gets a boost. Sure. They look way cool. They, they look and, okay. I'm not buying the whole wing idea on a, on a motorcycle. I think that that's... I don't, I don't think they're don't actually supposed to be decorative. wings. They are decorative. I mean, I think that that's almost like... Not a windshield because it's down low, but it almost looks like the little windshield in front just has a wing shape. And then in the back, it almost it's like not like flags coming off the back of your bike. Yeah, almost something, like that. It's, but that's kind of what it's like. But it doesn't really serve any purpose other than, no. hey, I'm a dark angel. Exactly. Right? They got yeah. wings. Well, they got to put their iconography all over the thing. But uh, yeah. you can see. But there's the limited edition model is listed up there on the page. He does look really cool. He's got the smoke coming out of the okay. pack. He's got the skull helmet now, holding the... The set's only 99 bucks, which is the same cost as the Island of Blood set, but the Island of Blood set came out two years ago. Right. So coming out for the same price, um, obviously not as many models. There's about 22 models on one team and 28 on the other, mm-hmm. or 29. Um, now, as this, opposed to uh, the blood, this Chaos Hellbrute is that a new line of um, it's, dreadnought? It's a basically they've been in the warp for how long, and it was sort of like a dreadnought, and now it's come out of the warp and it's been twisted into this half robot, half man, partly mutated demonic. Thing. Yeah, mutated. It is, it is pretty cool. I, it's well, I wonder if there's potential there for a fantasy conversion. 
Maybe a demon prince or something. Yeah, I don't know, but we'll be able to look at the models up a lot closer and more personal tomorrow because I'm picking up my set. So you're in. So you're going with Dark Angels? No, you don't like Dark Angels. Uh, I don't like the fluff of Dark Angels. I think they're Primark Lion Johnson, uh, Lion L. Johnson. Uh-huh. Uh, based on what I've read so far in Horus Heresy, he's yeah he's 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 a tool, and I don't <laughs> mean he listens to the show. Uh, <laughs> so no T-shirt for him. <laughs> So you're going with the chaos guys, then? Well, Harrison has a, a battle force of CSM, and so that's Ooh, just going to end. CSM breaking out the 40k lingo. I've huh? been learning okay. it. Um, no, I've still got from Phil Lemieux when I bought his orc army. I've still got at least two thousand points of orcs. Nice. So I will be pulling out orcs for 40k for my practice games and the CSMs for Harrison. I'm going to keep the Dark Angels because I just they are they are neat. I like the look of them. And I got to admit, I've I've drank the Kool Aid after reading all the fluff. Space Marines are kind of cool, and I think that there's some sort of law that if you play 40k, you, you have to have, have at least Marines. one sort of Space Marine army, even if it's a small one. Well, there's a reason they're far and away the highest, the best selling line of GW, right? Oh yeah, they're really cool. Got my uh, White Dwarf number 392 today, so I was like furiously reading this before you came over, trying to see. You I know, can tell all about you're it. all sweaty. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, your hair's blown back. Yeah, well. <laughs> I didn't take it into the restroom with me. I was whoa, just whoa, reading whoa, it. Whoa. I don't like the space planes that much. Keep it together, White Tide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're out tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. it they're they're really neat. nice models for a bunch of push fits, too. Because, hmm. you know, it's that starter set. You don't have to build. Some of them are push fit, and I think they said the most complex model is like four or five pieces. That that Dreadnought, that hell thing. They look it's a lot more complex than that, so that's a pretty good mold, then. It's like a front half, back half, arms type yeah. of thing with the little pegs. It must be like the uh, Island of Blood Griffin, where yes. it's molded and all these almost seemingly overly complex parts. Right? Yeah. But the way it comes together... is in like three or four pieces, yeah. and it's just easy to put together if you are not a modeler. Yeah. This is a good starter uh, starter set. So um, It looks pretty cool. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Then we have here the Dreadball Kickstarter. Tell yes. me a little bit about that. Um, well, if you listened to Garage Gamer uh, Gen Con episode, we had Ronnie Renton on. And um, Ronnie let one of his designers basically said to them, what do you want to make? And he's been play, He's been running the rules for, we basically, you know, working on the rules for Dreadball. Which is almost uh, akin to it's Blood Bowl, Bowl, but it's it's with their Warpath line, so it's like a 40K version, not a fantasy version. So it's futuristic football? Uh, yeah. The, the, the box set, if you buy the basic box set, it comes with a Marauders team, which is orcs. Sure. And, and corporations. So it's orcs and humans. It looks almost like, though, in the little drawing, and I know Ronnie had even mentioned it, it looks like they've got like a little scoop thing on his arm, almost like clear, like an energy thing. It almost looks like there's a bit of highlight involved in it. Okay. It's not so much running the ball into the end zone as running into a scoring zone and throwing the ball like a into a goal. Yeah. Club. Okay. Yeah. I just know what I've read. And if you score a goal, the ball shoots out of the goal at a couple hundred kilometers oh. an hour back onto the, so onto the field. So it anywhere. And you pick it up, and uh. you, you don't stop playing. You each get eight turns, but it chucks the ball back out, and you just keep playing. Sounds fast and furious. Yeah, it looks and it looks like a lot of fun. The models look really nice. I saw the models at Gen Con. At Gen Con, okay. But the picture of the, of the, the game board is very Tron-esque. They're little hex-sided. Mm. Uh, tiles. Yep. The tiles are all hex tiles. The spaces to move in. There's certain ones that are lit up that have different colors. That's like where your team has to get to to score from. 
I see. And I think there's like three different ones on each side, and they get a little closer, so the farther away I think is worth more points. Do, do they have it set up where you could play out a season so guys get abilities yes. and get hurt? Yes. You can get experience. All of that. You can get experience seasons. In fact, it comes with a thing to chart your season, chart your team. And one of the things is if you go to their website, if you go to the Dreadball website, you can find it on Kickstarter. I believe it's just dreadball.com. Like cool. with, but it set up almost like 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 the NFL.com. This is like oh. the Dreadball thing where they've got all the info. And um, you know what you should do is uh, have a season of Dreadball. Yeah, actually play through a season with a bunch of players and uh, have people out there on the internets set up you know fantasy teams based on <laughs> <laughs> your players. <Yeah. laughs> Jeez, we're living in the Kickstarter age. Uh, oh no, kidding! A hundred bucks gets you the basic game, which is. A good That's, price because yeah, pretty good. I mean, Blood Bowl is like ninety bucks. Yeah. And this is around the same. One hundred and fifty dollars gets you the basic game with the human team and the uh, Marauders and the, and the Marauders. You also get the Forge Fathers and the Vermin team. So you get the Dwarf team and the Rat. So team. two extra teams for two nice extra for full $50. teams nice. for an extra fifty bucks. They've got special characters for everyone. Okay. Um, they've got uh, a refer a robotic referee, and it's really cool. The robot's in there, and it's very slim. It seems like a female robot. To, to me, it looks like a girl robot. Like Metropolis? No, not robot? like Metropolis. I mean, it's not like she has breasts. It's very thin in the <laughs> middle. You know, it's just, you know. But there's eyes on the front of the robot and on the back of the head, too. Huh. All right. <laughs> so, so it can see what's going on right, everywhere. Right. Um, Don't do any fouls. Yeah. Right? And, there's, like I said, and then there's a couple of special characters that are brought in, too. So it's... And it's just going to grow in the next weeks. By the time this airs, there's going to be a lot more. Are the dice? Stuff. Are they using specialized dice like Blood Bowl, or is it more just six sided dice? I'm not 100 percent certain on that. Okay. I know there's. It says it comes with 18 dice, six for each team, and right. then something else. Uh, like I said, just go go check it out on Kickstarter. Sounds like fun. Um, it, it it just looks like a really neat game. Um, I know how much I like Blood Bowl. So this is, you know, this is going to be something similar. Another option. Yeah, and I just, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely giving it a try and jumping in for that. Very so. cool. And um, other than that, I'm just keep hearing, I'm hearing the rumors that next month we're going to get a 40k book. I keep hearing we're going to get a 40k. I book hear it's going to be chaos for the foreseeable future. Yes, chaos releases. Well, they're saying it's the year of chaos. We're looking at. If it releases the way people were saying, and it's actually now it's a month behind what I had initially heard, so I don't know how accurate it is. Right. But we're looking at, you know, Chaos Legions for 40K after that, Warriors, Warriors of, Chaos, of Chaos, and then a couple months after that, Demons for both systems. Nice. Interesting. That would, yeah. So we're going to be getting a huge influx of books. And I'm just, I'm... I'm not going to even pretend. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not a little jealous. Uh, I'm happy for the 40k players who are going to be getting at least one, possibly two books in the first three months after their new army book is released, sure. and they're not going to have to wait nine months to get a book <laughs> because that was I mean, that, that was a little ridiculous. It was yeah. a little brutal. I mean, I'm not at this point. We've gotten five since then in about 15 months, which is not not a bad pace at not all. Not bad at all. But. Uh, they're, you know, they're good. I'm really looking forward to all these new army books and codices coming out or something Coda fresh. Just, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with them. Yeah, well, and plus that first, obviously that first, uh, 
the first codex is going to sort of set the tone for what the armies are going to be like. We're going to get to see chaos wise. With the, well, with the new, even with this, with the new forty k rules, there, ah. there's kind of there's a lot of different there's a lot of new stuff in the rules. It's not so much a tweak. There's a lot of big changes. Do you ever wanted to give it a try? If we were ever going to do it for a garage gamer or something, uh, we've yeah, got somebody. Might, just, I, I mean, yeah. just to you know, I know Chris Mullen has offered to, to come out here with because he's got a couple of armies and he said he'll just come out and. Show us all, and we can play for a day. So sounds good. I'm actually excited about that. We might take him up on that. I don't. There's no no. It's it's pretty quiet. Well, I mean, rumors wise. Yeah, I mean they. Yeah, I've, pretty much everyone's just come out with. You know, I mean, 40k is getting a whole new box set, and that's pretty much all you're hearing from GW. Right. So, and that's kind of most of our focus. I haven't heard too much from any of the other. I haven't either. All, all's quiet on the news and rumors front. Well, the fact is, everybody who's got something just showed it at Gen Con. So true. <laughs> you know, it's like every, everyone everyone's opened up the bag of tricks and, and dumped it. You know, weeks ago. Revealed so their hands there. There's, right? there's nothing new right now. All right, should we take a break and come back to the new and approved toolbox section? Sure. Okay. Back, back with the toolbox, which, folks, used to be called the garage manager section, which is now the toolbox, the which is brought to you box. by... Kansas Superstar, Kansas Superstar, Kansas Superstar, Kansas Superstar. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Hey, welcome back to the show, folks. Welcome back. Trying to do something other than just saying we're back, because once I start talking, they well, pretty much can know say, we're back. You can, say you can say we're back. We're back. And there we went. And <laughs> How's that? There you go. I'll try to think of a new one every time you say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the toolbox. Nice place. Yeah, and uh, I, I like that, folks. It's pretty much the same as the old garage manager section, except as as you were as you were so kind to point out, it's modeling, gaming, and reading. Except we put the gaming always in a separate mm. place on the show. We never do talk about it in this section. True, and then all the battle reports. And exactly, whatnot. Yeah. we always put them somewhere else. When we first started doing it, it was other gaming, which Chris and I would always, you know, we, yeah. when we were in the beginning, well, we were playing Halo, this, that, and the other. If you remember, like, a, yes, I remember that. And uh, that's just so gone to the wayside. You know, it's like if we play other games, we just sort of mention them, but we never, yeah. for, you know, for me, when I was just a listener, uh-huh. uh, other games are okay, but when it went to computer games, it kind of it lost me because I've been so out of the loop on computer games for so long, right? Yep, so. Well, and everybody sort of got his own. I mean, some people right. tuned out people at the video, totally games video games and were into it, and some yeah. people tuned out at the, you know, ah, we were playing role-playing games. <laughs> right. We were LARPing. Well, I never said that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand your, your... I've never LARPed, but I don't understand your intense hatred for LARPing. It's not intense hatred for LARPing. It's severe I, loathing. I, I, would, I, just, I, just, I just don't like it. It is just... See, with their theater background and everything, that seems like it'd be right up your alley. conversation. It would seem right. like it, but there's a couple of things. A... I just people who really love it get really into it. I, I've seen it in action. It's kind of weird. And, and if that's your thing, God bless you. It's okay. not mine. It's not yours. It's not mine for some reason. And it, like I said, it's, I think it's because I'm a drama teacher, and I see my students trying to do stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know. It's just I see a lot of bad acting. 
And if you get <laughs> friends, because I mean, your friends might be way into it. And like oh, I said, I this see. group was just, there was a couple of people who were pretty good, and a couple of people who not were just so kind of not so good. Yeah. And it was just like it was kind of almost a little painful to watch. And if you're I all see. into it, you forgive your friends who are bad actors because you're all into the game of it. Mm-hmm. You can't. I'm a drama teacher. Exactly. Sure. I can't turn that part of my head off. Gotcha. And so I think that's what it is. It's actually I think it's because I've been teaching drama for a decade. I can't turn that part of my head off to maybe, maybe as an exercise for your students you could have like a LARPing session. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but we're totally sidetracked on right. this. So off I of forget. LARPing. Yes. <laughs> but the um, doable box. Yeah. So what have you been up to uh in general? Wow. Since the last and actually we're recording kinda early. The last episode we recorded pretty recently. And uh, every single time I come down here to start working on modeling, mm-hmm. I start cleaning and fixing uh, things. The ongoing the basement renovations. Right. Uh, cleared out more storage. Actually cleaned up a lot over there. You can see the top of my work desk now, which you yeah. couldn't, like two weeks ago, it was buried under about a foot of just crap. So I've done no hobby anything. No hobby. Okay. I mean, just we kind of updated the website. And I've been, I saw that was uh, it's quite different. Yeah, it looks great. Well, I, heck, those those the, your friend uh, who was it who did all our uh, oh Grimlock the uh, cave painting savage Grimlock the cave painting yeah, savage did job. some great artwork on that. His ward save really came in handy. Yeah, and Daniel has sat and tweaked the whole yeah forum nice. thing. Um, Props to the elf taught me how to do the little slider. So now if you go on the front page of our website, the the most recent episodes new images through. going through excellent. I, I saw that there's now blog pages for both of us. Yes. And so so I'll, I'll get on that and start blogging away. And uh, I'm going to kind of count on you to get on my hinder and remind me, go on and do some blogging about whatever okay. we're doing in the hey, hobby. Hey, David, go blog. Okay. okay. Now? No. Okay. <laughs> we set them up, Christopher and I, when we first opened the uh, the, the whole web page. Yep. And just, you know, it was one of those things where we were surprised people listened to the show, much as we <laughs> go on and read what we had to say. Well, if they listen, yeah, they'll, well, probably, they'll likely read. I hope so. Oh, speaking of news, I did put a post up on the news page on the forum, and I I put it up on Twitter today to go read it, but Mm -hmm. uh, not on the forum, but the news page on the website, you know, just basically announcing that you're the co-host. the co-host. I I did see that. uh, And Greg, Dan, who has graciously agreed to be our European correspondent, growing the cast of hundreds. Excellent. (laughs) Multinational. We're going global. And I was I called him the foreign correspondent, but Heather pointed out we should call him the European correspondent, because if we have any friends from, like, Australia... We could have correspondence yes. from different parts of the globe. So right now he's like our that. European correspondent. As long as he's okay with being lumped in with Europeans. Well, I he think is last European, he... but remember, he, yeah. he's, he's, if we get, a, if we get a, a European from the continent. Mainland European. Yeah, then he'll become our UK correspondent. Gotcha. But right now he's all we got. So he's, nice. he's, he, no, we have, we have legions of the correspondents. But he gets, he gets all of Europe at the moment. Yes, uh, yes. But he'll be popping on every once in a while letting us know what's going on. Excellent. Very nice. He's going to be our Black Library uh, guy as well. The so. insider, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, let's get on with the toolbox. I got nothing other than I did. I started reading Orion. Okay. Which uh, I showed it to you. It's it the, does look cool. You were saying that the wood elves are psycho in that one. Huh? <laughs> Darius Hinks. This is the first of a wood elf trilogy. I'm a little di- disappointed. You open up to the first page and it says book one is the vaults of winter. This okay. one. Book two comes out in 2013, and book three in 2014. So it's once a year. Wow, read slow. So I'm <laughs> no, I want I got to read fast. This will give me time <laughs> before the next one of these comes out. I can get more caught up on the Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy, yeah, which but, I've been reading. Yeah. Oh, and I want to hear. I want to hear about that. You know, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. After talking, yeah. 
I mean, even the introduction, the forest is really hostile and psychotic, and we all kind of know the whole forest is yeah. hostile. But for someone to actually sit there and write it in book form, where it's not just a bit of fluff in the beginning of a book, but seeing how they interact with the forest, seeing how even some of the wood elves who have really kind of bonded and become one and given themselves over to working and living in and being a part of the forest, it's still slightly hostile to them. Interesting. It's really good. I mean, he gets back to his home, and you see where the elves have crafted the trees and twisted them into almost a shelter. Well, like when you see in Lord of the Rings, they take the huge trees and they turn the trees into their homes. Yeah, or the Ewok forest trees. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But it's cool here because he comes up, and they've taken these giant willows and turned them, and these huge monstrous willows, and used their elven magic to craft them into big archways and doors. And he comes up and he touches them and he can feel the rage and the truth, how much they've hated. Oh, wow. The trees, they, I mean, they were supposed to grow normal. So it's, that, not, it's not a symbiotic relationship no. at all, huh? In fact, it's the, almost like master and commander. Yeah. It's one of these great parts where he comes up and touches the tree and he can feel the tree just waiting to get its revenge someday for being twisted into this unnatural shape. Huh. That puts the, the tree men into a whole new light then. Yeah. I mean, they come and they will fight off other things, and there are... It's funny. The elves have really bonded with the forest are... I mean, the way watchers that I'm reading about are gruff rangers. Sure. Like you would... Like, almost like Aragornish, yeah, yeah. like gruff rangers. The war dancers are just completely psychotic. I mean, huh. I'm reading this, I'm like, wow, this is cool. This is the type of stuff. They're not like dark elves. They're not like high elves. Although, like, the the lords who are living in the fancy parts of the yeah. forest that they'll, they're take, protecting are still just doing all of that political intrigue. Sure. And it's, so there's high still, elf type stuff. There's still this very high elf type Politics, thing because that's yeah. where they came yeah, yeah. from. And there's still that political thing. But the ones who have really bonded with the force have become almost feral. It's really... That's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I really... I've enjoyed what I've read so far a lot. It, it takes them from, like... You know, everyone pictures Legolas, tree hugger. Exactly, they're not hippie guys planting flowers, and they're no. not that at all. I mean, they 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 do respect the forest. They do. Some of them almost worship the forest a bit. Uh, they understand that there are spirits out there, the spirits of the forest, the yeah. gods of the forest. When you see, there's a, a part, and I'm not going to put any spoilers, but wild riders come out before spring to find the elf. If you know the wood elf lore, every yeah. year there's an elf that is chosen to be prepared to take in the spirit of Orion, to become Orion. Okay. And he lives through the summer season, and then he dies in the winter. And every year, they have to find a new elf to basically sacrifice to become Orion. And it's a very long, brutal, and painful process to do this. And they describe it, and I'm reading it going, oh, this is so much more fascinating than... It's it's not the Tolkien-esque singing in the forest, (laughs) running around with bows. Right. This is... Something completely other, and it's grittier. Awesome, that Darius cool. Hinks. Thank you for writing this book because it gave me a view of the Wood Elves. That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, it's fantastic. But that's almost everything I got as far as the hobby goes. I got a couple other things, but why don't you? Sure. What have you been doing? Well, I've been reading that uh, Horace Horace Rising, Rising book, mm-hmm. and uh, it, you know, to be honest, it's a little slow going here in the early part. I'm probably about a quarter of the way through. Uh, okay. So I'm waiting. To, you know, they're introducing a lot of characters, and there's a lot of things that they're setting up. I can tell. Right. So I'm waiting for it to that for that point where it just it grips me, and I I can't put it down. Hasn't happened yet, but so I'll keep on reading it. I'll yeah. keep at it. Like I said, you, sh- you at the very least you got to give. And I know, and I know when I say this, people roll their eyes. The first three books is an actual trilogy. That's one big story with all the same characters and the same plot line. Okay. After book three. 
it branches off to different characters, different plots, different parts of the heresy. It takes the story and goes in different Goes all over. So. But those first three books, it's all those same characters, Loken and Abaddon right. and Little Horus. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it's going to pick up. Trust okay. me. It's gonna <laughs> well, and, and there's so many books that, you know, yeah. it's an epic story. I get the sense. So. And I guess I'm just I'm just glad you're giving it a shot because I know yeah. well, I know you, how you much and I Greg talked it up so <laughs> we'll see. So what hobbying have you been doing? Hobbying, uh, still a lot of uh, painting. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get my drunk giants prepared and ready to go. <laughs> right. Uh, I have, I'm finishing up characters. I stripped and started repainting uh, an orc mage and my BSB. Okay. So wasn't quite happy with them. Didn't fit in with my orange motif that I have going right now. So. Okay. I'm currently, I, I just stripped them and, and rebased them, so I'm about to start repainting those. Now, your BSB, does he have a large banner? I he mean, does have a large banner. Are you going to do some freehand work on I'm it? I'm going to try. Cool. Yeah, I'm a little bit more confident in the freehand, so, and I have the, the colors down, and so we'll, I'll, I'll think about what to actually put on I, there. I'd love to see what you do with it. In fact, open invitation, if you're ever going to have a night where you're going to have a few hours, mm-hmm. if you want to have a paint night, sure. I would just, I would love to even just kind of watch you doing some of that freehand work because I still the subtleties of blending colors and getting those thin lines in. Right. I haven't that's, that's gotten it down. Part. And I, it's one of those things where I know that if I, I hear it on painting tables, I've seen Jen and Greg's work. Yep. They're, they're they're really excellent. good. Yeah. And their blending is fantastic, and they talk about how much they water down their paint. And right. You can tell a person all day, but I think that's something I really need to see. Like I need to see how thin it is, we and I need to see what they're doing. Uh, the trick love for to me watch will, be, will to be to find a design motif to put on that banner. Yeah. That's always the hardest part for me. But once I, you know, I'll be happy to. Because, I mean, I've seen even pictures of, like, I know that some of the places have those, uh, the DVDs you can buy. And right. they got the one with the with the lady on the cover. Jen Haley and yeah. all these other painters. Yeah, and then you see the close-up and you see them, like, painting the yeah. the little squiggly lines on the high elf. Right, like, the armor and I'm whatever. just like, damn. Yeah. That's serious stuff. Yeah, I'm like, if I could just, if I could get a paintbrush to draw that, it doesn't even have to be perfectly straight, but just that nice and thin that of a line. line. Have, what, have you been using those Windsor Newton brushes? I have. What do you think? Uh, they're they're great. Um, I I bought now Windsor Newton has miniature brushes, and they have ones with really long bristles and ones with shorter bristles. And the ones with shorter bristles, they said, were actually for miniature for painting, miniature painting. And uh, those are the ones I bought. And it's like I may actually. Uh, Kind of hoping that Santa gets me a couple of long bristled ones in my in my in my stocking this year because okay. I'd like to give them a try because I know people talk about getting a lot of paint on the brush and with the shorter bristle ones it's it's, it's very accurate well but that's it's probably not... for fine detail eyes and right 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 and so um huh. but uh, in fact uh, during the break I'll show you I I did the highlighting on the wings I did do some I did the more highlighting on the wings oh, the of Terrorgeist. the Terrorgeist. Cool. but it, they it, you know it was kind of it. I'm not going to lie. It came out much thicker than I wanted to, mm. and I kept trying to go back and do it thinner, and it wasn't happening, and I eventually just said, okay, screw Fair it. I, it's going to be thicker. It's going to be thick highlights because mm. I'm having trouble with it, and I kind of wanted to get done. At some gotcha. point, I just okay. said, I got to do this because it's got to get done, so mm. I'll show it to you. That's but, about it for me hobby-wise. Uh, you've been doing... Uh, You've been listening to some other podcasts, though, and watching some TV and stuff I like have. that. I yeah. have. You know, there's a, a, a podcast out of Australia called Dwellers Below. It's a it's a new one. They've only posted one or two episodes. I heard about it on uh, The Warpath, which is the Orc and Goblin forum. Oh, okay. And I got to say, it was pretty good. It's three guys uh, talking, and I, I, I don't know, part of me misses that Australian accent and them talking about different things like Moab, right. Wonder of All Battles, and uh, just right. to hear their take on, on gaming. So it's good to get a global... Um, 
perspective on, on things. Australians playing fantasy? That's still yeah, happens? it's a rarity. And w- the, the episode I happened to listen to, they they talked, they focused on both high elves and orcs and goblins. So uh, yeah, they could have co- titled the episode "Listen to Us, Chris." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like that one. So check them out. Uh, I've been listening to one as well. Um, it, Six Dice Monkeys. Oh, I heard good things about that one. Um, got four episodes out. Yeah. I think four or five, but I've listened to them all, mm. and. Uh, they so did. is there is there a focus on tournament gaming in the UK scene? Or? <laughs> okay, this is great. They call it Six Die Monkeys. Mm-hmm. They are tournament gamers, and they do focus on UK tournament scene. What a surprise, a UK podcast focusing on the tournament sure. scene. Um, but apparently they are bottom to mid table players uh-huh. at best. Uh, and like I said, skills. What do they do? Right. Six, Six Dice Monkeys. Monkey. That's, yeah. that's, that's It was great because they're very self-deprecating, very much like nice. we play what we like. We're not a, They did have... Um, Rafaza, I believe, was on oh, yeah, episode yeah. four talking about his his uh, VC lists okay. and talking about how he likes to play. It was funny. They did a VC review, and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to just cover, uh, and we're not going to do it like Garage Hammer does it. Uh. And the one guy goes, yeah, page one, uh. written by Phil <laughs> Kelly. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. I'm like, yeah. Copyright 2012. <laughs> Printed in. <laughs> nice. But, uh, well, more podcasts is always a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as long as they're quality... Yep. I like listening to them. All, the other one that I've been listening to is Skulls Bro Awesome. awesome. Um, and I not just listen because I'm, you know, I, I, I know Rotor and I know Brusca. Mm-hmm. Um, I met them both at Adepticon. I met them at uh, Wapaka. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, I mean, they're good guys. Yeah, and they're really good guys. In fact, we hung out for a good portion of the weekend. Like, we were up there, and they there's a couple of guys who took the trip and had the big cooler of food, and they yep, were kind of eating yep. their, and they invited me over for sandwiches and sandwiches. and and, uh, and uh, uh, pistachio cake. I, oh, I so we kind of bonded. We became really good friends. I was really when they put out a podcast, I was eager to hear what they had to put well, out. They, and they, they do a lot of fun things audio wise, like the different uh, you know mixing in of sound and I gotta say the intro that they do. Skull yeah, bros, awesome. I like that. I know and he kept saying, "Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this." Oh, the first episode was crap. We dumped it. I I'm remember like, that. They were and kind I'm like, of oh, like, "Come on, what are you talking? Are you going to do it or not?" But really. The first episode, the sound quality, the mixing quality was good. Yeah. Um, they're not a family-friendly show. Not every <laughs> show has to be. There's some shows, like Point Hammered mm-hmm. does it, and, and I think Skullboro also does it, where that's just kind of how they talk. And it's right. it, it's very na- – it doesn't sound forced. I, I know people, and I've listened to a certain podcast where it sounds like they're swearing just for the sake of swearing and being shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like – uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like some people don't swear well. Well, those two shows do it well, almost to the point where the the swears that they say become uh-huh. part of the vernacular. Right. Right. It's, it's eat a such and such. Well, and I mean, not even that. Yeah, that's funny. I actually, I actually have started saying that at times. <laughs> I noticed and that. That's I think weird... you tweet that a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> so things like that are actually pretty funny. I love the show. I really do. They've only got two or three episodes out, but uh, I, I, if you, if you, if you can listen to it without your kids around. It, it is a good show. Quality stuff. It's quality. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, those are the ones I would suggest. I got to I got to give the dwellers below definitely give that one a try. But uh, I see on here uh, a couple of TV shows and uh, movie stuff that you had coming up. Yeah. So you know all the Twitter buzz and all everyone t- different podcasts have been talking about. Oh, Breaking Bad, such a good show. I finally broke down and uh, got a couple of the seasons and gave it a try. I sat down with my wife because I, I told her you know people are raving about the show. We should check it out. And she was a little hesitant at first. 
And she got the DVDs for me from the library. Oh, okay. And I saw the cover. I'm like, oh, I don't know if you're going to like this. It's not. Yeah, I know it's it's supposed to be pretty vicious of a show. Yeah, it, it, we sat down, and from the get-go, we were hooked. Really? It's so compelling, the way that the characters are written, the situations they're in, the questions they raise. You know, what's he going to do? Why did he do that? Uh, it's so good. Do you know how many seasons there are? Because I think they're right on the, now. They're on their fifth. And isn't this the last season? Is I it was, the last? I don't know. I, I, I heard, heard someone say this is going to be the like they're you know there's only they're so far you can shake sure. certain stories. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the things I like about shows that are on cable mm-hmm. is that cable's not afraid to say the story's over. We're going to end it. Yeah. Instead I, of, you know, I don't have a problem with that either. If they if they can wrap it up and make it a good ending, right? Great. Right, it's those shows where they draw them out and, and you, you know, and the, the characters grow up and leave, and so you got to bring in a cousin Oliver or something. Right, so yeah. it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like come it's on, adopt a kid or something. Exactly. Yeah. So if you get the chance, I know for a fact, knowing you as I do, <laughs> you will love that show. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. It's like I just, it's one of those things where I almost, I'm hesitating because I've been meaning to do it, mm-hmm. but it's like, do I, do I really want to get another bit of an addiction in where I'm going to be pushing other things? And it will be an addiction because my wife and I. Five, six episodes, you know, when we should be sleeping, we're watching at one, two in the morning. Exactly. And, and uh, yeah. So, but um, it is good. I highly recommend it. In fact, what I've been doing, whenever the TV's on, it's just been in heavy rotation for like a month and a half, two months, um, at least once a week. Like, I'll be sitting down here doing something to turn the TV on for background. Yeah. Uh, I think I've watched X Men First Class at least twice a week for the last like two, three months. I just, I love that movie. Oh, the, the movie. Yeah. yeah. That is a pretty good movie. It's on cable. I, you know what? And You can you know, go ahead and send your hate mail to me. That doesn't follow the actual comic story. Don't care. Yeah. Michael Fassbender's yeah. great. The story's awesome. good. Uh, the girl who plays Raven is actually the girl from The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. You're right. And yeah. she's great. Um, I love that. Uh, <laughs> it's stupid Fast Five where they're dragging the safe at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. That keeps coming. I'll flick that on every once in a while nice. for some fun action. And Galaxy Quest has been back Love on cable. That movie. It's on like three, four times a week on cable lately, the past month. It's one of these, I guess, you know, it's been their time and they'll just schedule it a lot. Mm-hmm. Harrison and the girls had never seen it till oh, last month. What did you guys think? Harrison, yeah, they love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll yeah. walk around <laughs> screaming lines of it at each other. Not as dumb as I look, eh, Commander? <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the kill sign. The best part about that is we saw that in the theater when Sigourney Weaver threw the F word when they got to the Chompers, mm. and now when you watch it in the movie, they've dubbed what, it over. All it? The, well, ah. it's, no, it's funny. Watch it. When they get to the Chompers, she goes, well, screw that. And if you watch her lips, her lips definitely, obviously form the F word. Huh. And it's in the theaters that way. And for some reason, they not only- They cut it. They cut it when That's it went annoying. to video. They add, they they dubbed in, not, I guess they felt for some reason that- Maybe it's- Studio pressure. Considering that it, it is a, a movie that a lot of younger people like. It's PG, is it? Yeah, or I think it was PG-13. But you can get away, actually, with the, the rules for the FCC for American films are you can get one F-bomb away oh, in a PG. Th- two oh. F-bombs, automatic R. Used to be one. But now you can wow. get away with, you can get one without getting an R rating. Two will get you an R rating. So It's a little ridiculous, if you ask me. But, but it's so funny, because if you watch, next time you're watching the movie... Yeah. Watch, watch her mouth when she says, "Well, screw that," because that is not what she says. I'll mean, watch out for that. I love that movie. That is, that is great. My, my wife always rolls her eyes when that movie comes up. I'm like we're watching it, this is great. Heather, Heather loves Star Trek. She dragged me to it when the when it came out in the theater. Oh, you didn't want to see it? I tell you what, the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. 
Wow. I just, I'm like, okay. It, you know what it was? I'm like, okay. It's it's so obviously sort of making fun of Star Trek. Yeah. And it was just so obvious all the things they were going to do. Like, I mean, if you know your Star Trek, you're watching this going. Yeah, it follows the plot lines. So it course. follows all of it. I'm like, this is just, I mean, to me, I was like, this is so contrived. And all of it is so obvious. And then the second time I watched it, I'm like, you know what? Actually, it's really well done and clever. They took something they could have been. It's hilarious. We were cracking up in the theater when we saw that. It is. And it's the, so quotable. Yeah, so and that's the thing. The scene. more you watch it, the more you get yeah. those. The the pilot Laredo, whenever he screams, he goes, ah! he screams like a little <laughs> yeah. girl really high. <laughs> and all the time you need your help. Or still, I know Harrison loves that. Is there air? You don't know. You don't know? And then he holds his breath because that's going to help. <laughs> right. I love when... Um, the deck sergeant Chen, the guy who runs it, starts making out with the alien girl. Yeah, and then the tentacles come up, and Sam Rockwell's in there watching him. He's like, "Okay, guys, get a room." Oh, that, uh, oh, yeah. that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've totally sidetracked off of <laughs> off of off of Galaxy Warhammer. Quest. Is, you should have known that Galaxy Quest is going to sidetrack. I, I didn't realize how much you liked it. I now, oh, yeah. now I yeah. didn't realize. But uh, I guess you're going to the movies next week. Finally, <laughs> we've lined up a babysitter and everything to go see Dark Knight. Finally. So I've tried to avoid anything when I see Twitter related to this. I try to skip it. Yeah. I don't want to, cause, and I've done pretty good. I've survived so far. Yeah. So yeah. don't say anything. I won't. I've I've seen it several times. I'm, and yes, I, will I probably know uh, But Okay. When I was a little boy, and I'm talking three or four, mm-hmm. I had two heroes. Like this, I adored, and I have since I was a kid. Batman's always been my favorite superhero because yeah. he's not a superhero; he's a man. He is the world's greatest detective. He, I mean, this guy is a guy who goes toe to toe with aliens, superpowers. I mean, he went toe to toe with Superman, right? And he's a man, and that's what he's I love a about him. Man. He's a yes, he's a mortal man. He, and he goes toe to toe with things that normal mortal men. Shouldn't Agreed. necessarily be able to handle. But it's what he represents, I think, right? That comes with him. That's right. Uh, his big thing. Yeah, but I mean, I remember I used to read all the comics, and one of the cool things is you read certain comics, and there are people who really believe he is a super, like he, like he has superpowers. They, yes, they don't realize he doesn't hmm. because he hangs with Green Lantern and Superman and sure. all these people who have obvious superpowers, and they just assume he has them too, and that's kind of a cool thing sometimes. Hmm. Uh, it was actually him and Popeye when I was a kid. Popeye, huh? I loved Popeye. I would sit. You could put me in front of the TV when Popeye came on. I actually found that like, they have that Popeye spinach you could buy with yeah. Popeye on the can. My mother bought it because I made her buy it. And then she was going to make it for dinner. And I, I remember the, her telling me the story of me sitting there and not letting her cook it because I wanted to open it by squeezing the can. <laughs> and I sat Did you ever there get and, it open? No. <laughs> and my mother told me I sat there for like the entire episode of the Popeye cartoon watching the cartoon and just. Squeeze, squeeze it trying to pop open this can, and then she opened it, and I wouldn't let her cook it because Popeye eats it right out of the can. Sure, yeah, he squeezes that, it, and it just flies right into that. His lasted mouth. Yeah. one bite. Yeah, she no, she, uh. wouldn't, she wouldn't let me eat it out of the can, but she put it on the plate, and she, I was like insistent she not cook it. Right, yeah, one, one bite. bite. I wouldn't touch done? it. I was like, no, nah, I don't like uh. this stuff. Popeye's crazy, <laughs> but but the muscles, <laughs> the strength. So that's my stupid story. Interesting. But I hope you like it because I, we're looking forward to it. Despite there are little bits, there's a couple of continuity errors, and there are people have brought up valid points of little bit of shortcomings. It's still my favorite film of the year. I just it blew me away. Very good. Well, that's it for my toolbox, and that's it for my toolbox. So yeah, let's take that break, and uh, we'll come back, and we're going to talk about uh, the, the mini narrative campaign we're going to be Sounds doing good. you and I. 
You've heard him on the show. You've seen his work on our website. He's Brian Steele, owner of Urza's Den. That's right, folks. Urza'sDen.com. Custom modeling, sculpting, and painting. You got a model you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You got an army you don't want to paint? Send it to Brian. You can't come up with an idea for a conversion? Give his ideas a try. Heck, you got an army list with models they don't even make? Brian's the man. Give him a call. Check him out at Urza'sDen.com. You won't be sorry. Hey, this is Rain Dog in the Pacific Northwest, inviting all people in the Oregon, Washington area to come down to the Escalation League. It's going to be at WOW, which is Western Oregon Gamers, downtown Portland, Oregon. Games start at 6. We're going to get as many games as possible during the night, and each night we'll have a special attendance, and we'll end with the Rampage in December. Lots of fun. Bring food, bring friends, and we'll have a great time. For more information, go to Ordofanicus, look under Fantasy, and look underneath the Escalation League. I'll see you there starting in September. This year, we're starting on um, the 9th. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And if you're just tuning in now, uh, what the hell's wrong with your eye? Bipod. <laughs> <laughs> Who just tuned in in the middle of the show? What's wrong? Good timing. <laughs> Hey, maybe people do that. They just hit that little high-speed scrubbing or the thing. They just slide it right to the middle. And just say, I don't do I'm that. I'm going to start in the middle. Hey, I do put up a show index. Maybe people skip the parts they don't like, and maybe this looked so interesting. Well, the Chicago right Civil War does have a nice ring to it. It does. The Chicago Civil War. Um, also known as the I-90 Challenge. <laughs> because there's I a like highway. There's a reason behind that. There's Interstate a highway 90. that goes 90 that goes dri- directly west outside of Chicago. Yes. And that kind of splits you know, north and south. And so the idea is we're going to have six of us that live north of I-90. Hopefully. Well, that's another story. <laughs> we'll get to that. Versus six people who live south of I-90. Yep. Now, most of the guys that live south of I-90 are battle bunker regulars. Yeah. The IWFB guys. The IWF bozos, as I like to call them. Shots being fired. Shots being fired. They they actually have a pretty solid team. They do. These guys are all good players, and they play a lot. You've got – I mean, I'm looking at this going, we got a list of really – I mean, we've got really good players on our team too, but it just – I think at least half of us are far more casual gamers. And They're this, pretty solid. Yeah. And people will recognize some of the names here. Jake Murphy, Don Michael. This whole thing came up because they were just jealous of how we dominated Invasion, Invasion Kenosha. Kenosha. And now they right. got to they they prove that they're better they than us. They want to push us off. we got a target on our back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe yeah. Pecoraro. I don't know. He's, he's not Pecoraro. Joe Pecoraro. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Brian Hodge, Chris Walker, and Tyler Harshey. Yep. So that is the IWFB team. So we're going to be facing off against uh, Brett's, the Empire, Dwarfs, High Elves, Lizards, and Ogres. Right. That's their team. So they're, they're almost all good guys. Yeah. It's five order and one neutral. Yeah. And then there's uh, us. Us. The NW who? NW2. NW2. Uh, you got uh, myself. Playing High Elves. Uh, Grand Spring and his Skaven. Uh-huh. Alex Nikotenko playing Orcs and Goblins. Uh, I'm bringing my VC. Mm-hmm. We'll talk I really thought about bringing my Dwarfs, but I'm going to take my... I think I'm just going to take... VC. I, well, you've been playing VC exclusively I for I haven't touched my, o- my Dwarfs in over a year. That's why I didn't take them. So as far as the challenge, it's going to be held on Saturday, October 6th at the Chicago Battle Bunker. Yep. Now, here's the interesting thing. We're going to do... It's six on six. Uh, the first round is going to start with random pairings. Right. After round one, this is a mechanic that we put in to help try to keep it close because I've heard in the past 
Illinois clubs versus other clubs, you know, they've they've played a couple rounds, but towards the end, the difference in the standings is so wide that, that the, the, the third team, round the trailing matter. team, yeah, the trailing team kind of loses in, uh, interest. Right. So in order to help keep things close, what we decided to do was uh, whatever w- the winning team, however many points they're up by, it's a win loss draw, two points for a win, one, one point for a draw. a draw, zero for a loss. However many points the winning team is up by, they randomly did roll that many team members. Okay. So Wh- if, if roll, it winds up being three wins and uh, three draws, so one team's got uh, nine so points, three. and the other, well, they'd be up six, wouldn't they? If you got three wins and three whatever, draws yeah, on whatever. your team. Let's say they're up three points. Okay. Then they, ro- they randomly determine those three players. The trailing team will then be able to choose matchups for those okay. that they've randomly determined. So it, it doesn't sway the power too much. We talked about having the trailing team pick the matchups outright, okay. but Jake, he's the other team captain, felt that might have been a little bit too much, so we decided on this, which I think it, it still right. worked right. well. Right. Uh, so we're going to try to do that. No matchups will be duplicated. Uh, painting is strongly encouraged, but it's, it's not going to be scored. We're not scoring it. We're, yeah, we're playing. Strictly yeah. win-loss draw. Okay. 2,000 points, no special characters. It is conceivable that the second round... Someone could be up by six, though. We could be picking all our matches. That's yeah. So that's the mechanic, right? So, but if you if you are ahead by six after the first of three rounds, that's that's the thing that helps. You need try to help to bring yeah. it back into line. Right? Getting to pick all your matches isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, that's of a great course, thing. I'd rather let them pick the matches and be up by six personally. But <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you know, it, again, the mechanic is there to help keep things even. Exactly. Right. I, yeah, and I, I, I'm interested to see how that works out. I'm curious to see too. It, I, I guess it's it's not that I think it's not going to work. It's just we've something, something we, we've never done, and I'm just like, ooh. Is, well, yeah, this yeah. is the first time we've done an inter Illinois intra. Yes, intra Illinois challenge. Exactly. So we, you know, we'll tweak it from here. Uh, and I mean, like I said, and uh, if 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 it turns out that uh, IWFB winds up winning the day against NW two, I'm just going to blame it on that matchups anyway. And blame it on totally the matchups. Yeah, blame it on the on them getting <laughs> to pick the match and how the so. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so the winner, there's no cash prize or anything like that. The winner, you know, will get bragging rights. All right. Uh, we're talking about some kind of trophy. You know, something, okay. you know, just to add some flavor. A, a, a no prize, just like some sort of right. thing. Just bragging rights, right? Yeah, a bragging rights prize. Uh, the winning team will have a, their first run of drinks, uh-huh. whatever that is, you know, adult beverage or not, yeah. paid for, for by the losing team. I have the boy, so I may have to buy a round of drinks and go home with right. him anyway just because. Well, you know, they the do time. have a, a Portillo's. Oh, Portillo's. So they have oh, cause we'll be at the ba- Are we going to be at the Battle Bunker? The Battle Bunker, yeah. Oh, cool. So, so yeah, it's in the parking lot. Yeah. Portillo's. Soft drinks or whatever. A couple of sausages. Sausages. Sausage and pepper sandwiches on me. I, I have to no, that's not really. Beef. But, oh, yeah, what, you get, they got the beef and sausage combo. Uh, that's okay. It's almost... I prefer the I prefer beef to sausage myself, but sometimes... I, I like the beef, combo. but you got to get the beef sopping wet. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you can get it wet or you can get it dipped, and when you get it dipped, that's when that's that's, that's hardcore. Dipped that's, is where you want it. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking I'm about, when you get a real Chicago beef sandwich, they sandwich. put it on a they put it on like a like a nice Italian French, uh, French roll, yeah. 
And um, the the beef itself is just simmering in au jus sauce. It's sitting in the in the gravy. So they pull it out and they put it on. It's already dripping wet. And you can ask for it wet, where they actually take a little ladle or and they'll take and they'll they'll take some of that au jus and pour it on the bread. Or you can have it dipped, where they put the meat in the bread. And then and take the whole sandwich and just dunk it in the gravy. That's how I like it. It's so it's good. good stuff. It's messy as hell. I'm getting but hungry. That's a just good talk sandwich. about it. There uh, you go. So yeah, that is the IWFB versus NW2 challenge. Now that is starting uh, October sixth at the Battle Bunker. At the Battle Bunker. So yeah. we will be well. The October it'll be too late for the October tenth episode, mm-hmm. but that will be our October twenty fifth episode. Yes, coming up on Halloween. Now we have created a thread that's that's. Kind of, well, you can only see it if you're if you are a part of the challenge. So what we're basically, doing, basically, you're not going to find lists. it on the forums, but we will right. be on there. We're we're basically putting our lists up there to, to talk about them and you know, right maximize those lists. But you actually have not submitted your list yet. Uh, you know what? I just wrote it today at work. Okay, and I'm going to go post it probably after you go home. Okay, <laughs> you better get it up there. We need to. Talk I know about you said it. You're like, why tech? You know, writing the list the night before. No, none of that. <laughs> I know you like doing that, but we're not doing that here. That's just because, you know, I, that's that's the dummy in me. You know, well, that, we got all this time. You know, you can right pick but, Alex's brain, pick the, that, your teammates' brain. That's what I'm doing. I because I actually. I was like, just, just have Alex write me a list. He can do a two thousand point list way better. Than I, I think you'll learn more if if you write a list and. Yeah. People critique it and tell you why you should change this or that. Well, and that's what I had originally said was I was going to say, have Alex write my list. And you're like, uh, no, 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 what are you, no, crazy? No. And I'm like, that's true. I shouldn't. So I do have the list. I'm not going to. I'm not giving away our secrets now. Right. Because we all know that the IWFB listens intently to oh, this yeah, show. Of course. Because they wish to they were us. Tell. Nah, yeah. they wish they were us. <laughs> that fat white text really cool. And that you guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys are like two thousand, and I'm writing this list, going, I got nothing on the table, and I know everyone else is going to have nothing, right? But when I look, it, it, I don't know if this happens to you, but every time I look across the table, no matter what we're playing, you know, you never get to take everything you want unless you're playing a stupid amount of points. Mm-hmm. But even at bits, my twenty four hundred point list, I looked across the table. And my whole lot of nothing looked like a whole lot less than their whole lot of nothing. Kind of intimidating. And that happens every time I play. We'll play a 2,000-point list. We all got to make sacrifices, yes. But no matter what we play, I look across the table and be like... Man, that seems like a lot more than I have, and that's, maybe that's just me. But I well, just it's, it's your, you the abilities of your general, yeah. right? The abilities of your rare slots. You got to yep. maximize those. So, yeah. So I don't know, but just as, as far as the club challenge, we are doing uh, randomly rolled scenarios for every turn. So we're we'll, going to roll it before the round, and that's just going to be what we play. play the same scenario. Okay. Um, we are not doing uh, battle for the pass. I assume is that one out. Uh, we you know, we didn't talk about any scenarios being out. So at this point, that, that just, one could be in. Okay, I mean that just I mean I, I don't care, but that's the one scenario even more so than Watchtower that that people seem to say not only is it difficult to play because the tables are butted up, right? Excuse me, and end to end like that. Yeah. So it'll be just kind of difficult moving around and getting we, it. We can talk about that. But that's just one that I mean it. That one can go totally lopsided. Right. If you have an army with shooting against an army without shooting. Mm-hmm. Battle for the pass is basically four turns of them sitting back, and you're never I just mean, blasting away at you. Well, yeah. if, if I got to get six feet across the table to get to you mm-hmm. with my VC, it uh, might not be happening. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna just I'm gonna hide everything and and go for the draw because I can't. I won't. I won't ever even get there. That's just a question of 
my guys don't move that fast. Right. Well, I'll talk to Jake about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's he hasn't just, mentioned you know calling I mean, any specific scenarios, yeah. but we'll see. That just seems to be the one that you never see in any sort of tournaments. But I think you need that because you have to prepare for all scenarios. Well, I mean, I think if you prepare for the other five, you've got to be prepared. I mean, yeah. that's like even me. I mean, we were discussing... You know, the VC, one of the things I don't, almost no VC army really needs is a BSB. Right. But do I take one in case we get blood and glory and I need the extra I think to point. prepare, you have to have it. Well, see, and that's what I'm talking about. I think there's balance. I think in battle for the... If, mm-hmm. it, I think if you take all six scenarios and think, how can I be prepared for all of these? Mm-hmm. If you take battle for the past out of the equation... It doesn't, I personally, it doesn't change anything? I, I, I don't really think it does. Personally, me personally, I don't think it changes right. that much. I mean, if you know it's coming and you have a slow-moving army or an army without a lot of shooting, yeah. yes, you have to make changes. But are you going to change everything for this one scenario? Because I mean, that's probably not. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know that I would. I would. I just. I don't know. But but again, we're as, trying to play this at in Warhammer in true. purest form. True. I mean, so. but as a person who likes the scenarios and has no problem playing any of them, and you know me, I'm. Uh, See, so you'd be okay with. I've it. been a bit of a fanboy. Yeah, a little at bit, times, little you know, bit. I'm a bit of a fan. Uh, that's the one of the six scenarios. I know people don't like Watchtower. They say you can modify Watchtower. Say only put so many troops in it, or make Watchtower is perhaps the most controversial. Right. But I look at I look at Battle for the Past, and as a dwarf player, as a person, I mean, who was playing dwarfs when this first came out and looked at that. You like that? Oh, I mean, honestly, if I was taking dwarfs and we rolled up Battle for the Pass, I would look at you right off the bat and be, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna shell up. the hell yeah. out of yeah, you yeah, in of the beginning. And not not that I not even saying I wrote a list for it. Right. Oh God forbid if you knew we were playing, I'd feel guilty. <laughs> you know? Well let's see how it plays out. Uh, but and that's just we'll, a question. Well yeah, we'll t- we could definitely tweak it for next year and see how it goes. Sure. Um, and as like I said, I'm personally I mean I'm fine with yeah. what I mean, I'll play whatever you tell me to play. I just I, I I think that at least competitively battle for the pass the scenario itself the game could be over before it starts. I think that's I mean you could you could say Watchtower can get lopsided it, but it I don't think be. it's over before it starts. The upside is that it is only win loss draw. True. So if true you, if you can manage a draw out of it, you know. True. Yeah. And then the system will help balance things back in if things get too lopsided. So sure. So we'll see. That's you know. Like I said, that was my only question because yeah. I know the... Sure, no, valid you know, question. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the challenge. So this actually segues into uh, uh, the discussion about open lists versus closed lists. Sure. Should we well, let's talk take about a it. break or just go uh, right into it? Let's, let's go into it. You know, Oh, folks, if you're wondering why the hell we keep taking breaks every 20 to 30 minutes, uh, you know, let us know what you think about that. I know Chris had mentioned a lot of times that when he was a show listener that when it gets... You know, sometimes, like even in the last episode, we you get into a topic and you talk for 45 minutes to an hour. You don't realize that much time has passed. And so we're just throwing it in there if you're driving or you need to pause or you need to run to the bathroom. We're just, just going to throw it up first. Yeah, so, it, you know, we're, we're, not just, we're not trying to be psychotic about it. We're just throwing them in every, every once in a while just to make sure that uh, you get a break if you need one, a place to pause. So when we were discussing this club challenge, one of the things that came up was... Uh, you know, do we do open lists or do we do closed lists? Now, what's your thought on that? Do you prefer one over the other? Um, I, if we're going to throw that part out right in the beginning, mm-hmm. I don't like open lists. You don't like open lists? Not a I'll bit. I, I, I think that the game is designed to not be open list. And, uh, I mean, we can talk a little more about this. I remember 
when I first started playing, when I first found Point Hammered, you know, they were going to those tournaments, and it seemed like all the Australian tournaments were open list. Everyone's, oh, the open list, open list. I always talk about being open list. You're talking about, okay. I always say Point because that's the show I listen to since there isn't mm-hmm. a Pod Hammer anymore. But yes, Pod Hammer, they're all we were talking about, everything was open list. Yeah. It, it always kind of baffled me. Um, As to why. Yeah, I mean, first of all, there are items in the game, and I granted, it's only a few items. But there are important ones. There are items. I mean, remember, everyone was making fun of uh, Ben Diesel for taking the rock eye to right, an open to an list open tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but there are things in there which, I mean, there's... Fanatics is an obvious one. Yeah. Um, the rock eye, like you mentioned. And once again, I know it's a game. It's not the real thing. But you, you go to battle with as much intelligence as you can have, but you're not going to know their secret. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole... It's kind of a suspension of disbelief, right? Well, here's another thing. Not even special items like the rock eye or that, the what is it, uh, Vols on Making? The spell, yeah. Pick a unit, and then you get to find out all the magic items they have and, and destroy, one. destroy one. What yeah. if they don't have any, you know? Then the spell is wasted. Right. Yeah. And when I would play with, especially in 7th Ed, mm-hmm. uh, I would play dwarfs, and I would have different banners, magic banners with magic resistance. Right. Well, if you're throwing spells at me and you know that unit's got magic resistance and that unit's got magic resistance and that one doesn't, I've just yeah, focused yeah. your magic phase. All your magic's going against it those takes schlubs. that guesswork out of uh, exactly. Out of the and game. the whole point is, I take this and that that the beauty of it is partially that that first attack you get. Mm-hmm. Oh, it gets through. Oh, well, guess what? I've got this. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Uh, that's kind of the point. Um, Do you think uh, open lists favor casual play? Um, I, I will. We did. The only time I've ever done open list is in casual play because it, it takes the competitive edge off in a sense. It does, and it's also helpful if you're starting a new list, if you're learning, if you're playing with friends. Right. Let's. And that's the only reason I've ever played open list is because here's what I'm taking because I'm practicing a list. Yeah. And I'd like your thoughts not only on the list, but as we're playing it. You know, if if you see something. You know, because I might I might take something and you see my list and say, "Well, wait a minute, you took this. I thought you took it because you were going to play it this way." I only see right. that open list is good if you're doing a give and take to learn, especially if it's a new list and you both want to sort of learn. It, kind of the, the, list. the argument that I've heard is that if if it's if it's an open list and you both know what's available to the other person, uh-huh. that it almost could make it more competitive because. Then you're relying on everyone knows everything, and it's it's intellect versus intellect, moves versus moves. There's no uh, hidden things. There's no surprises to throw things off. There's no crown of command thrown in there to surprise the opponent to to swing the game. You well, and I, I mean? guess if you know it's going to be open list, there's certain things other than things like the rock guy that you wouldn't even might you might not even bother to take. I suppose that could come up saying right if they know this is it. Just I don't know. I I, I see what you're what you're saying. Um, but this is you're a very uh, fluff gamer, so this is probably not it, 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 a question. That's you you good know, for I you. love the fog of war, right? And just to sit there and say, I know that this guy's got a magic ring and this guy's got a magic sword. It it it, it kind of goes against my idea of what the game's supposed. It, it's to It's the be. difference between being a warhammer general uh-huh. and being a game player. Yeah. Right? There's a difference. I think so. And I guess... Not, one's not necessarily better than the other. It, I, I just, I'm trying to see how it would make it more competitive. Because you're not... Uh, 
things like fanatics. Uh-huh. It doesn't take a lot of skill to use fanatics, right? True. Uh, if you lose the game because you guessed incorrectly and charged in something, and that unit was wiped out because of those fanatics. But if you know they might be there. Okay, here's the thing. But if you know that they're there and you work around them, I guess the the debate could be made that okay, I outthought you knowing that you had these things, well, and I didn't get tricked. I suppose if you had two units of night goblins and you only had fanatics in one. And so, uh, oh, I, I don't know which to attack. But the point is, if you see a unit of night goblins on the table, if you're a halfway decent general and you've ever played orcs and goblins, you've got to assume there's at least a fanatic in there. That's the thing, right? And so the so night you, goblins have this reputation. Oh, they have fanatics. And so if you don't... But here's the thing. I'm going to run... Well, okay, with my VC, I'm going to run my dogs up within eight inches of your... To test. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that make that is actually a better test of if you're a good general and if you're a good game player that I, I'm I am I am I understand what can happen mm-hmm. and I don't know if it will but I, I'm I'm testing the waters to see what's what. Rather than saying, okay, I know there's fanatics there, I gotta stay away from it or I gotta throw something at it. Oh he right. didn't take fanatics, good wipe it out or it just ignore it. Yeah. Suddenly I mean it's just if I know your whole list, it could drastically change my tactics. Well, that's that's one of the arguments. Is if does you that know, make it a better game? Arguably, I mean, I maybe. suppose it could. I mean, maybe because, I mean, because, because be again, right. you're not one side's not relying on tricks or misinformation or assumptions to win that game. It's based on actual movement, but placements, I, deployments. I guess. Am I tricking you though? I, I, I guess the idea of calling it a trick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, you, if you play this game for all, you know what people have a potential for. Mm. If I'm playing dark elves, and I and I see the general rushing toward me, yeah. I have unkillable a very dreadlord. good idea that he's an yeah. unkillable dreadlord. And granted, if you've never faced them, it might be something that surprises you. Right. It seems like the whole point of when you're playing of taking these items is this is something you've got in your back pocket to help you when you need that little. You know, these go right. to eleven. Yeah. You know, if, yeah, I, yeah, if yeah. I need to go to eleven, that's the point of taking these things. You know, if I've got an open, if you, if we've got open lists, especially if I'm taking ethereals. Yeah. All right. Which units have no magic attacks? Oh yeah. Now I know I'm sending them exactly. Yeah. So does that make me a better general, or do I have to test the waters and see? Because I guess just in a real battle, I wouldn't know these things right. and. You know, you, you, it's a risk versus reward. You well, know. it's it's the argument for are we trying to simulate you know a real battle experience? Well, yeah, obviously or, not. Or are we just trying to get a, a hardcore gaming, you know, brain versus brain game? Yeah. So I, it depends on what you're into. Yeah. I, I personally like the closed list. I, I do like. The I, I like list. the challenge of of guessing and trying to formulate uh, or or figure out. Does he have this item? Does he have that item? And What's he trying have to do? Been times. I mean, how many times have we played the game? I mean, heck, when we were playing again, uh, I think it might have been at Bits when uh, Paul Wagner, mm-hmm. he had his uh, his uh, ogre list, yeah, and he didn't have, and everyone was like, "Oh, you have the Crown of Command." He's like, "No, I don't." What you, I mean, yeah, he, he so, threw people for a loop there. With the with the way the meta goes, mm-hmm. I mean, if There's I see a, if I see a big unit of night goblins, I am going to assume fanatics. When I've avoided that unit, that unit's moving down the line, and people are running from a unit of night goblins because they don't want the fanatic. And then you find out later when you finally get to it, there's no fanatic. You're like, wait, what? Right. I mean, I think that actually, 
does it make for a more tactical game? Does it make you a better general? Maybe, maybe not. I think it makes for a fun game. How many times have you done something and it's been like, oh, no way. Yeah, it, it had that or it didn't have that. Remember that game we uh, we played where I popped that uh, that frog scroll on you? Oh, my God. Yes. I, I can't use that item unless you cast a spell. Now, in an open list, if you knew I had that, you'd never cast with that level one caster at all. Oh, no. So that magic item becomes... Oh, exactly. A dinosaur. Oh, because, man, oh, God, did that piss me off. I was so... <laughs> and it's, it was such a stupid thing. It was, that's a, there's another thing. What if you're taking an oddball thing? Correct. Because a lot of times when you're playing in tournaments, you'll hear people winning with an odd list. Right. And it's like... Something it, unexpected out of the blue. And, and, and sometimes that's what will help you actually do better or win. And go, oh, well, that's because you're using trickery and people... But, I mean, I could just use a list with just units you're not used to Trickery, seeing. Yeah, I think it's a bad label for it. I right. think it's options. Well, let me let me give a, like a short example. I was listening to The 11th Company, which is a 40K podcast. Uh-huh. And this guy, uh, back in 5th edition, was taking like an all-bike army, mm-hmm. which is considered a really weak thing because bikes were much more fragile in 5th edition than they are now in 6th edition. Right. Um, if you say I'm taking an all-bike army, people look at you like you're crazy. Well, this guy won his tournament he was playing with this bike army okay. because nobody ever sees a bike army. <laughs> and it, well, there was no trick. It was all bikes on the damn table. Was that, a, was that an open list or a closed list? Well, I mean, it must have been closed. open list or closed. You're putting yeah. models with guys with bikes on the table. Sure. So when, they, when your opponent lines up against you, they know to some they, extent they can, what well, they can do. They see it's all bikes, yeah. but you're not used to playing it that way. You're not ready for what's coming. And sometimes taking a different thing... You know, can throw it off adds, your it opponent. It adds the flavor. Exactly. You know, what if I see your ghouls? I know what they do, but if there's a character in there that uh-huh. does X, Y, Z, that's the flavor. Well, okay, you see that big unit of either, well, 7th edition. You saw the unit of Graveguard. You always assumed there was a, a regen banner. Right. When I first started playing it, I never took the regen banner. And because everybody did, everybody assumed it was there, and they avoided them like the plague. Yeah. That plays into your favor. I got away with murder yeah. until oh, everyone yeah. realized I never took it, and yeah. then I had to start taking it. Right. And then I took it and realized how good it was, and it was actually <laughs> worth 125 points. So it goes in circles, right? Yeah. And the people started backing off And then off people again. started backing yeah. off again. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's that thing. It's like, I, you know, do you have it? Do you not? And yeah. I think that for me as a gamer, it's more fun. It's that... that uh, Cerebral cat and mouse game. Yeah. Right? What is he taking? What has he got? Right. What is he doing? You know, one example was, uh, you bring up the fog of war. I was playing Sally Joe, our resident Lizardman player. Right. And he had the, uh, the slon uh, on his own. Okay. And I always, whenever you see that, you have to, you have to assume ethereal, right? Yeah. But it, I, I had to test, so I s- shot a couple, uh, spear chuckas at it. Turned out it was ethereal, but I know there are players out there, <coughs> Domus, that sometimes <laughs> run. Lone ethereal, slons out there that are not ethereal because so you have to assume they are. Right, and but, but see, but that's where it becomes. Because honestly, on a closed list, I assume it's ethereal, so I never attack it with my doom divers and my spear chuckas. Right, and then he's running around doing all this stuff in the whole game, and then you find out at the end of the game that he, he was wasn't. Never and yeah. you feel like an idiot. Well, that's because that's you, the gamesmanship, right? Exactly, and but that's, that's part of being a general. It, but if it's an open list. You that could goes never, away. You could never run that. See, I, I feel as a player, that takes something away from me. Part of my what I embrace and love about this uh-huh. game, it takes it away. Well, and I've also heard, well, when you're in a tournament, it's good to have open lists so that you know your opponent's not cheating or that your opponent's not... Their points are right. That their points... Uh, but 
if you show me your list before the game, I'm not going to sit there and look and make sure all your points are right. If you wrote down the wrong points or yeah. something like that, yeah. Uh, you well, know, that, that's really on the TO. Or uh, I want to make sure that he, you know, because remember when you used to be able to take scroll caddies. Yeah. I want to know that he's only got three scrolls in his list right. and not two and saying he's got three because that could throw the game. You're going to get that list at the end of the game. If the guy said that. scroll and you look and there isn't a scroll in the list. Right. You, so you, there really there are three filters to help prevent things like that. A, the integrity of your opponent, right. which you hope is to a high level. Right. B, the TO himself. Mm-hmm. And then you as the player, once you get right. that list, you could be able to check it. And I mean, that was one of the things. And I think that's probably, honestly, to make sure your opponent is being honest, is I think the weakest and lamest argument. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing against someone who's cheating openly, obviously like cheating purpose, like that, yeah. like I, I need to check your list beforehand. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm ho- I hope I never go to a tournament where there's that many players and that... I would want to give the tournament open list because the players might be being dishonest. Yeah, right. If if that's if that's your reason, there are other issues. Thanks. I'll I'll uh, I'll yeah. I'll go to a different tournament. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I've I've played in a handful of open list tournaments. I thought they're okay, uh, but people who have typically played closed and played open, they've they've quite enjoyed it. So, you know, I'd be open to it. It's not my preference. But sure. Well, I mean, I've done it a couple of times. Like I said, I just it 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 never it never made the game better for me. I guess I should say so. I didn't see the point. Right. I mean, you could you could argue anything away in the fluff. I've got really good scouts that are out there. My spies have brought me all Every, the details. Everyone has scouts. Yeah, everyone's got right. really good yeah. spy networks, yeah. so we know. But it's that's you know that honestly that's. Some of the lamest fluff I've ever. Oh, was, how would you? Know? I was walking through the forest. I found two hell candles. I decided <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to go to war. You know. <laughs> well, how would you know that this scroll says this and that one says that? Right. What exactly. Is the, what does the magic ring do? And that guy way over there. Exactly. You know, so. so that's the type of thing that I just. I don't buy it. It doesn't see it. It doesn't seem necessary. It's another thing where. I don't even actually. I don't know. Maybe in the rule book it says you can play with open or closed lists, or I don't know what you know, the rule book says. It doesn't actually address it. I, See, I could be mistaken, right? I, I don't know. I don't know either because I never really thought much about yeah. it. But you got lit. I, I suppose I should look through it and see because I know it mentions writing an army list. Maybe yeah. it does say keep it secret. If it does, I, I couldn't find it. It it just seems like it's it's another tweak to I guess it's not. It may not be a rule. Keeping it secret may not be a rule. So I'm not going to say that. But if it is, why would you? I mean, it just have seems all like, these magic items that allow you to see things in lists or units, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's an assumption here that we're not knowing what the other person right. has. Right. I mean, it says in the rules you don't have to tell them what's in your list. It's assuming that they're secrets. The fact that it says you don't have to reveal your magic items right. to your opponent until you use them. Well, it's the whole idea. It's such a visual game. You're looking at that unit, uh-huh. these painted models, these beautiful painted models, and you're trying to figure out. What does he have in there? Right. As you're staring at it, right? But it's so if if it's open list, you're just staring at a piece of paper. Exactly. It doesn't matter what the models look like or what True. they're doing. And I mean and if there I, I mean it, maybe it's not a rule, but if there wasn't an assumption of privacy in the lists, why would you hide assassins? Precisely. Yeah. The whole point is that you're not supposed to know what they have or where they have them or what magic banners they have, exactly. etc. So I think there I mean I guess maybe it is or isn't a rule, but I think there's an assumption of closed list. Whether or not it's better, I think is up to your personal preference. Is it another form of comp? Possibly. Yeah. I, I, you could see it that way. You could see it as as a type you know, you're you're changing the rules right. to suit your style of play. That's a form of comp. 
it, it, it could certainly open as, the door as, to As, as much comp. as, you know, like I said, how many times have I said I don't consider no special characters to be comp because so many people do it, but it is. But it is. It is. Yeah. And I think open list is the same thing. It's another form of, of comp. You're changing the way the game is played. Right. For whatever purpose. Because you inadvertently make some items obsolete. Exactly. And, 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 the, and, and, it, and that in and of itself is changing the game. Yeah. And comping. Yeah, poor Ben Diesel and his rock guy. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there you go. Open list versus closed list. And I, this was pretty one-sided. <laughs> I don't well, know. we both... Prefer, yeah, yeah. I don't closed. think we uh, we. I, I will be. I'll. I'll be the first to say this just before we get all the forum threads and hate mail about how much people like open list. But yes, we did. We maybe it would have been nice if we had someone on who was a proponent well, of open list. But I, I, I don't my know anybody. To, I did my best to play Bloodletters advocate uh-huh. and and be the uh, you know proponent for open list. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. But you know, just for the sake of discussion. Yeah, I mean, and for, I and I, I'm trying to see that point of view. I just, it's, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around a good reason why you should. Right, and that's, I guess, where I'm at. I can't see why you would need to or really want to, but some people do. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, right. so uh, take a break. Yeah, quick break, and then. Um, We'll come back and talk a little orcs and goblins. All right, let's do it. Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual gifts. You mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presence and playtime, you're looking for unique gifts and games. Okay, but... Uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois, UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but... Miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who. All right, but... Things supernatural. I understand, It's but... all here. Okay, but... With listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay. Stop by UGG or... Or... Visit them online at UniqueGG.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. Okay, uh, we're back to the uh, Stridex Medicated Hour. I'm your host, uh, Marshall Applewhite, uh, bringing you some more more music. And And I'm Chris Yu. (laughs) We're going to go cheesy, a radio DJ. Let's do it. Hey, everybody, for the racks and stacks of the best on wax, bring it into the tunes right now. In a wolf man, bring it into the tunes right now. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you. Right, very nice. I'm a, a great impressionist. That's me. Good stuff. All right, so we're coming back. Uh, it was so funny. You and I planned on doing, hey, why don't we do some of the special characters? We haven't done mm-hmm. that in a while. Yeah. And then literally, like, the next day, someone posed on the forum, hey, when are you going to go back to finish off some of those special characters? All right, all right, busted. Here we go. So here we go. Uh, so what special characters should we do? Orcs and goblins, Orcs and goblins. are the ones we chose for today. All right. So let's uh, split them up. Let's do uh, lords first and then heroes. Absolutely. That's, okay. a, that's a perfect way to go through it. We can go through these guys. So um, as you're the orc and goblin player, I will... Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the authority on here. We'll let you take the lead. Okay. Well, I figured we'll go through them in order of the, as they're presented in the, in the book. Sure. And let's just remind uh, our listeners, too, I know when Christopher and I started this, we 
we started off basing it on twenty four hundred point lists. Mm-hmm. So are they worth taking in a twenty now? Uh, you know, and that some characters we're going to mention right off the bat, they they won't even fit. I think right. on, I think in this list everyone fits. I think they do. Um, but so we're going to talk about them, uh, talk about what makes them good or bad mm-hmm. or otherwise, and uh, maybe how you might uh, how would you use, use them, them? Yeah. and then are they are they on on, are they worth know, on the scale from crap to broken? Where do where we do where do we okay. see them? Well, let's uh, kick things off. Uh, sure. We? So, Gore Bad Iron yeah, Claw. Yeah, so he's the first one. He's 375 points. The most infamous of all Orc mm. War bosses. And let me just say, he's a great model. Oh, yes, he is. Amazing. One of my favorites. I think that Gore Bad and Azog on the giant wyvern. Azog? I, I, I pronounce it Azhag. It could be Azhag. Azog? Huh. I, just, I never thought I, of it. I, I just like. assumed the H was silent. I don't... Azog. Azog. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll have to ask uh, as Hanglock. Yes, Hanglock. I don't know. <laughs> we should ask. That'll be the question for our European correspondent. They know how to. They're British. They know how to pronounce this stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Greg, guys from, from is it as Hag or Hammer? Would like to know. The Garage Hammer crew would needs to know. Uh, so Gorbat is three hundred seventy-five points. Leadership ten, four attacks. Probably kind of the normal stats for an orc lord. The weapon skill seven. Strength and toughness five, three wounds, five initiative, five initiative, yeah. And he comes on Narla the War Boar. Yes, <laughs> it, as described in the book, a war boar of prodigious size, might, and flatulence. Burr. Reading it right out of the yeah, book, yeah, right? That's it. Um, so I figured the way I have my notes set up, I, you know, I have broken up into positives and then negatives, and then we could talk about his effectiveness and okay, if we would take him. So the positives for this guy are. Uh, uh, do you want to run through his stats and stuff first? We've always sort of covered like what he can do and that before we talk about what's good or bad. Uh, you mean his like additional special rule? Yeah, like he, yeah, yeah, like because he carries that Morglor the Mangler magic Morgler weapon. Morglor the Mangler, yeah. So this is one of the positives I have. Okay, is his actual weapon. So it's uh, always strikes first weapon four attacks, doesn't allow armor saves, and it's multiple wounds D three, which when coupled with the chopper rule, he's strength five already is pretty good. Yeah, okay, so on the first round of battle, he's, he's strength 5 already, so he's hitting at strength 6, strength ASF, six. Yep. No, no armor, armor save, and then each wound gets multiplied Multiple into D3, D3, which against multi-wound models, monsters, monsters anything ogres, big. Ogres, it'd be ogres. pretty good. So the, let's see, the other thing, and this is his big thing, is he's both the general and the BSB. Nice. So it is nice, but it's kind of a double-edged sword. He does get the, the 18-inch leadership bubble, which is also nice. Okay. Now... Uh, oh, he also has a rule where he can upgrade uh, orc units to any number of biggins, so you're not limited to just the one. Oh, okay. So and you that, can have effectively an army of an army of biggins, orcs, yeah, which is cool. pretty good if you're willing to pay those points for for those upgrades. You know, the so his inspiring presence is 18 inches, right? His hold your ground is 18 inches, 18 inches, which is good. Um. Friendly units within 18 inches that fail an animosity test add his current number of wounds to their roll on the animosity table? Correct. So, so you, the idea there is you'd have units charging in Okay. if they fail an animosity. So as long as he's not hurt, you're rolling a minimum of a four. Even if you roll a one, right. that's going to be a four because he's got three wounds. So the odds are you're going to be hitting a six on that table. Right, and they'll be charging in. Okay, that's kind of cool, too. That is kind of cool. And it's a plus two 
to the armor save. Right. Well, so all boars confer okay. an ad- additional plus one armor save oh, in okay. addition to being mounted. Okay, so it's almost like being ar- yeah, right. skinned. Okay. So now, that coupled with his heavy armor gives him a three up armor save. Okay. With no ward save, which to me is a big problem given that he's your general and your BSB. Oh, I no see what you're saying. Save. Oh, no. right, 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 right. Right. So he's got to have. Uh, there's got to be. St- He's got to have something. This he guy is a does butcher. Have to have Everyone's got to have a weakness. Right. It, the fact that he's on a cavalry base too is also problematic because you can't. Ha- you could put him in infantry, although he could get picked off, you know, via cannon. Right. So then that means that he is he's he's going to be in a unit of cavalry, which is fine. But then, do you want him center where your general and BSB are typically are at? Uh. Right. So what is his armor save? But three up. Yeah, heavy armor and thick skin. That's, that's it. That's it. Mm. No shield. No. Nope. And no ward save. Even if he had a five up ward save, I think that would go. That would be great. The you know the other thing to keep in mind is since he's your BSB, if his unit loses combat, he uh-huh. dies. Oh crap! Yeah. If you break, if you break, if they so break and run those combats, yeah. Ooh, that now see there's now he is leadership ten. He's leadership ten. He's on a cavalry with his base. own reroll. With his own reroll, uh, is he, is he going to be in a unit of cavalry? He doesn't have any. He, Likely, is he going to win a combat s- in that unit? He's I don't the know. BS, you don't. Oh, you can't even put. A, it's not a magic banner BSB. No, that's the other thing. Is there something you could do to make a unit stubborn? Because he's not stubborn on his own, is he? There's a banner that gives a unit stubborn that night goblins can take. Oh, but you're not but, putting him in a unit of night goblins. Well, no, not only that, but it's it's too many points. That banner can only be taken by a BSB. If if Gorbat is your BSB, you don't have access to the more expensive banners. So this he is a bet heavy to win heavy, all out combat monster. Out combat, who you're just yeah, yeah. that's crazy because yeah, you there's nothing to keep him. I mean, granted, it's a re-rollable leadership ten. If you lose by one, it's a nine. If you lose, if you lose heavy, yes, it can be. Yeah, You're right. Damn, I didn't think about that. He's the BSB. So your he general becomes does. a huge target for your opponent. Right? Yeah, Espe- and then you throw again the no ward save. Now he has the Wah special rule. Now remind me because I know Wah has changed. Wah has changed. So on the turn that you declare a charge, any war boss. Uh, can call the wa. Now you have to have an orc war boss. You to have even to have call a war it. boss. So yeah. it's so not shamans like... can't do it. Okay. Uh, hero levels can't do it. You have to have the war boss. Once they when they go in, their the war boss's unit gets an additional d three to their combat res. Okay. All other orc units of five or more get a plus one to their combat res. Okay. I knew it wasn't as good as the old one. No. Movement is huge. I would much prefer the the old one. I missed everybody just charging forward. Yeah, and and you know, and once again, here's me thematically, uh, fluff wise makes more sense. Just and, and even when you read the descriptions, how that energy seems to go through, they all start to shake right, yeah. and they all start to scream wah, mm-hmm. and it's just like. It, it, it's 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 like that mob effect, almost like that. Um, you know, um, you see it when you see like those when you see those old religious things where people would start speaking in tongues and you'd oh, see it yeah. affect the whole group. Religious kind of zealots. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they start to physically shake. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk. They talk about orc and goblin magic. How it's not like normal magic. Mm-hmm. It's their own thing. Uh, they believe it. It happens. Right. And I just always pictured them all just starting to 
literally start to kind physically shake green. the yeah. tension, and they start. And then they just start to scream and run forward. It's like they've lost their minds, yeah, yeah. and it's they just charge forward with wild abandon. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean plus one to combat. Res, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I'll take plus one to my combat res every day of the week. But because I but, mean, but it comes a fo- becomes a footnote. It's it's not. I just find personally in my games, so few games are decided by right. one that it's either piling on mm-hmm. or it's you still lost. It's going to save you a little bit. Right in the age of steadfast, it never eh. comes down to a tie or to right. the. I mean, it, it it can, it has, but it's just. Mm-hmm. I almost would want it to be plus two. Oh, of course. Well, no, I mean, but I mean, thinking about it, I mean, I'll take as many I get. It could be plus fifteen for all I right, care. Right. But my point being, plus it, two has a bigger impact. It, it's it's so rare that you lose by one or that you draw, mm-hmm. and then you, you both have a musician. It just I agree. plus one seems to do so little that plus two. Oh wow, so that can that actually could have more of it because then if you lost by one, mm. the wall makes you win by one. Correct. Which is right. that now there that becomes huge. That can become huge, but it, it just seems to me. Not having played it that often, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. You never hear about it anymore. Oh, right. and then I wad forward and right, everything. Right, right. You know, the if, wad doesn't change it, 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 that it, much. Exactly, but, but that's not the discussion here at, at right. hand. You know, the one good thing is if you upgrade multiple units to biggins, <laughs> each yeah. of those biggin units can then take a magic banner, which is nice because a lot of times I have to decide: am I going to take the flaming banner or should I take the plus one leadership banner? Now I can take them all. That's true. So and being able and uh, there's there's a lot of good options there. Yeah. There's the gleam, gleaming penance, which lets you right. roll the first uh, failed leadership test. True. The the terror banner, armor piercing banner. I mean, these are all pretty popular among orc yeah. units. You're Flaming gonna have banner, less troops, but orcs already are such a horde army that mm-hmm. it might be fun just to take. Uh, I mean, suddenly you could even take boys. Just make the boys into big lots of Yeah, lots of boys. Lots of these units. They are a little mm-hmm. bit more elite, a little more expensive, but suddenly right. you can but tweak they're them. But mo- they're all going to be weapon skill 4, which is pretty good. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Uh, plus 1 strength as well. So strength 5 in the first round of combat. You give all those guys oh, dual choppas. They're all oh, that's true. That's a lot of attacks. I mean, the point comes up more. You're going to have less chaff. You're going to have you know, you're not going to have as many hordes. But I mean, that's a fright an elite orc army is a frightening yeah. thought. Nobody wants to face the black orcs as it is mm-hmm. because they've got the armor save and the choice of weapons. Nobody wants to face the savage orcs because they get sure, volume crap loads of volumes of attacks. Yeah. Turning around and, and, and tweaking them and making them actually better mm-hmm. and stronger is a frightening concept. <laughs> it, is it, like, is, it is good. So I like him for that reason. It's cool. His defense, though, is a big concern to me, especially because he's, again, general and PSB. Yeah. Um, you have to pick your battles carefully with him mm-hmm. for certain um so he's got he's got a ton of hitting potential pretty good um huh? he's he's strong he's violently strong he's no doing the saves. d3 wounds yep. this is a guy you could ride in with mm-hmm. and just take down night units crumble oh, yeah. in front of him um big monsters mm-hmm. i mean riding in at strength you know, six. strength six, and uh, his boar it will will hit, will charge and hit at strength six. Will hit at strength so that's six. Another strength and six attack. You know, 
it's even against big monsters. You know, at strength six, he is wounding a lot of things on four or fives with, mm-hmm. and I mean, he he's no armor saves. He's taken down steam tanks. And he's taken five down with the ASF. He's re-rolling those hits. So yeah, 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 yeah. So he's actually pretty beefy. Um, combat. but you, I, I think once you said, and for the points, I mean three. Three seventy-five is actually pretty cheap for all the beat you get, mm-hmm. and I, it is. I think it's a fair balance. I think it's fair. Um, you, you're running a risk with this guy. I'm. You know what I'm saying? I, I just can't get around him being on a cavalry base and wanting to put him central. Cavalry to me means on out on the flanks. True. Right. True. Um, you could put him in infantry, but it just seems kind of weird. I suppose you could put him behind a couple of units like of biggins. Like a, like a bunker? No, I'm, I'm. I was more thinking of keep him in a in a cav unit, right? But have your two units in front of him uh, a, a little bit. So well, he's not frenzied. So you don't have to worry about him running off. But sort of keep them, keep him behind, so that as they're moving forward, mm-hmm. you can sort of use those other things. You know, use him in conjunction with another right. unit. So there's not as much worry. Not as much attacks going to go at him. Right. Uh Geez, I don't know. I uh, definitely not broken. No, definitely not. Um, three hundred seventy-five points. If, if he had a really good save, I would say three seventy-five was cheap. As if he stands, had the ward, as it stands, I think three seventy-five is fair. I think it's a fair choice. If 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 you took him against me, I would not feel. Like I said it's it's fair. It's yeah. one thing. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead and field him. He's not. He's definitely not broken. Um, there are things I can do against him because mm-hmm. he doesn't have all that. Uh, he doesn't the, have that all the protection you'd hope. He doesn't have all the protection, so I feel like the, he's a guy I could take down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to protect him a little bit more than you might want to. Agreed. But uh, which goes against his wanting to be in combat. But right? play into that fluff. Then Double once again, sword. just run it forward. Come on, mm-hmm. boys, who's mm-hmm. with me? Mm-hmm. So I mean. I, I think on uh, the fun factor of a character like this is pretty high. You know, I've never run him, but I, I've always wanted to. So maybe I don't know that he's definitely one that I would I I would want to run to. He would be a fun one to, to play. Yeah, that would be interesting. So let's uh, move on. So there's uh, Gorbat Ironclaw. The next one is uh, Azhag. Is that how you pronounce it? Azhag. Well, you call him Azhag, and I'll call him <laughs> Azhag, okay. and someone will get corrected. There you go. There, <laughs> there you go. go. So Azhag, the slaughterer. <laughs> well, this guy is uh, pretty interesting. Ano- again, another great model. This is the yeah. uh, he's a, he is ex- he's an expensive one. He's five money fifty. Wise? Five oh, points wise. Oh, money wise, he's a hundred dollar model yeah, practically. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, not practically. I think he is. <laughs> I think he is too. Five hundred fifty points. Uh, yeah, still cheaper line. than a uh, still cheaper than a colossal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But this guy flies. Yes, he does. Uh, he's leadership nine, four attacks, strength and toughness five, weapon skill seven at three wounds. I think he's got pretty much the exact same stats as Gorbad, except he's one less leadership. Correct. So he's very close. Of course, he's on Skullmuncha, who is Skullmuncha. Skullmuncha is yeah. kind of a lot tougher than. Now, do you pronounce it Wyvern or Wyvern? I've always said Wyvern. I've heard other people saying Wyvern. I don't. I never looked it up to see what the proper pronunciation I, uh, is. I looked it up, and it is Wyvern. It is Wyvern. Yeah. I, I don't know where Wyvern came from. I, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I've heard of Wyverns before. It's not something yeah. that was a GW made-up thing. I've always heard it pronounced Wyvern. I heard Wyvern. I stopped and said, wait, these are people I 
know usually pronounce things right. So I I thought Just maybe I was wrong. Maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe my memory is wrong, but I think it's. Uh, I thought it was wyvern too. I've always called it a wyvern. So uh, riding the wyvern, he gets a five up ward save, five up armor save, five up ward save. Which well, that's that's from his special his magic armor. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, magic armor, many charms boost the protective power. The ard armor. So it's a five up, five up, five up armor, five up ward. So it's it's basically like that thirty five point armor that you could buy in the magic items. Okay. The heavy armor with a five up ward. That's all it is. That's uh, I don't know. I, I'd like my general to have a little bit more than that. If he's Does a fighty he, guy. Well, oh wait a minute. And Skull Munch is, uh, he's a ridden monster, so he's not adding to your armor save, is he? Right. He's not because he's a separate thing. He's not. He's it's a not like a thing. So he's got a five up, five up. Well, at least he's got a ward. Yeah. I'd almost rather take a five up, five up than a three up nothing. A pair of fives as opposed to uh, a three up. Yeah, I because probably the three would up do. can be negated. A strength five Whereas is a five, five up. up nothing fast. Yeah. yeah, five. You fight someone with, and it's it's it is not at all. I, I would not call it close to rare to fight things that are strength five in this game. Agreed. Anything strength Agreed. five makes him a five. You know, gives Gorbad a five up nothing. This guy's got five up with a continuous five up. So I'd rather have that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's wearing the crown of sorcery. Now the crown of sorcery is, I think, from the fluff. Was uh, that's Nagash's crown? Is it his crown? I I thought it was too. It talks to him. It argues with him. Yeah. It it tells him what to kind of confuses it's, him. It's why he's so crazy, so good at fighting though. And that's uh, why he's a level three wizard of, of the Lord sorcerer. of Death. The whispers can be confusing, which makes him stupid because mm-hmm. he just wants to run forward and kill. And the damn crown's like, listen, stupid. <laughs> right. Well, so, that, that's another big problem, too. He's a, your, your general has stupidity. Uh, on a nine, keeping him near I a BSB. I that nine many a time. Even we with all, the BSB. We all have. We all have. Unless, of course, you're playing against me and it's a fear check that nobody <laughs> fails a goddamn reroll. It will happen nine. for you, my friend. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And, and it, when it does happen, it's against zombies. No, no. It'll happen it. for you. It'll all come together for you at table one at Adepticon. All right. That's, that's where it'll that's happen. That's what's going to happen yeah. next April because I'll probably still be taking my VC at that point. Nice. Unless they come out with a dwarf book, <laughs> which is not going to happen before April. And you know they're not going to come out with a wood elf book, which is actually. What Harris and I are really both waiting for to pull out uh, our wood elves. Wood elves. Uh, let's see. So what else has he got? Uh, He's got the Slagas Slashes, which are paired weapons. Is it Slagger or Slaga? Slaga? <laughs> Slaga? <laughs> I'm just, I, I would say I'm Slaga. D- I'm just, no, I'm joking. Uh, so it's two crude but magical weapons, paired weapons, re-roll, fail to hit rolls. In so, the first round of combat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Only in the first round of combat. Oh, okay. Which is, eh. So it's like hatred. Right. It basically it's magic. It's pa- magical paired weapons that give him hatred. hatred yeah. Um, he's got, it's it's a magical attack, which is rare yeah, in this which, army. That is nice. That is nice. It's not the best weapon ever, but uh, no, he doesn't need it. He's riding a freaking wyvern. But the wyvern itself, the stats on that thing are not that out of this world. I think it's three attacks. Three attacks. Strength six. Toughness five. Weapon skill. It's weapon skill five. It's got a yeah, large target. Right. It causes terror. It's got scaly skin four plus. He's got a good arm. It's got a better it's, armor. It's save decent. Than. Yeah. Uh, uh, Thunder stomp at strength six. Poisoned attacks. Yeah. So it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, I just don't know if this guy is someone you want to get into combat or sit him back and cast spells. 
the lore of death with orcs is intriguing. You know, he's Initiative 5. That's true. So you could kind of purple sun with little fear. If you, if you roll it. Assuming you roll it, sure. Um, I guess it would depend on what magic I rolled and whether I would want to keep him back casting magic. I, I personally, he's, like I said, you don't want to hang him back too far. Because someone's going to cannon him off the board, right. or at least can yeah, it'll hit yeah. them both. Yeah, um, you've got this giant terror-causing poisonous wyvern, and this insane orc on the back. Mm-hmm. It, it seems I, I would, I can't see not getting it into combat. I mean, it seems like that's what it's built for. Seems like it is too. Um, I do like his get on with it rule. Let's see. Any unit with an inspiring presence which fails an animosity test must immediately re-roll the dice. I like <laughs> yeah. that, too. He has no tolerance for infighting. Oh, you luck. Right. Cut it out. That, that's better than Gorbad's rule, I think, as far as animosity is concerned. Well, right, because this gives you a better chance to you not control your actually guys. not have animosity. Right. Versus guys that are go charging off, which could be a real problem. Yeah. The boss has a plan. But as far as lore of death is concerned, I like Soul Blight. Minus one strength and toughness as a hex. If you couple that with some goblin nutters, oh jeez! If they're in combat with orcs, you know, true. It's effectively toughness six orcs. Yeah, right. Oh, and I mean, just anything where you can lower the, any leaderships, any right. anything with your orcs. Um, yeah, anytime you can lower your opponent's stats, the, the orcs just don't get that kind of magic. So right. I could see the appeal, right, of. Getting death, but is something different. My question is, ooh, something new and shiny. Is it any good though? Exactly. I mean, yes, you want to sit back and play with it and throw magic mm-hmm. until somebody takes your wyvern out from underneath you, and you never Iron got blaster. Boom, take it off. Right. Yeah. See, yeah, I'd I'd be thinking, I don't want him getting shot at because he and it's a huge model. It, it is. is a huge model, which means it becomes an easy easy target. Easily going to be the biggest model on your side. Yeah. It's going to be bigger than your Arachnorox. It's going to be mm-hmm. bigger than anything you got. And it's such a good looking model. It'd be a shame take yeah. it off turn 1. Yeah. You know, if you spend all this time painting it and everything and Right. There it goes. Ah oh, heck, you know whatever. Just slap a couple coats on it, get a right. table. Right. It's barely table worthy. Just dip it. Just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Christ. Uh, you know, the one thing I do like is if you do... Perp- and I know you've been a victim of this as of high. If you get purple sunned, you're potentially generating all these power dice again. You can use that to power your you know, little wah, your oh. big wah, your foot. So you get that through if you can get it through. And let's face it. If you are throwing the purple sun, mm-hmm. most of your opponents are going to throw their dice to stop that, mm. which opens up your hand of gork. Your foot, foot of gork. gork. If you've got the points of... He's 550. So if you're playing a 2,400-point list, he's almost a quarter of your army. Right. How many other wizards and things are you actually taking if not you've a got lot. him? That's probably not a lot. So at, at, in you know on a, on a, on the 4K slobber knocker, mm-hmm. I'm sure, taking sure. him with a bunch of other wizards. Yeah, doing it that way. That would be fun. Um, but then again, it's another thing of how many of those then do you want to take? You know, what you could do, though, Although, is... think about it. We're, I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. The 4K slobber knocker. Yeah. You took a ton of wizards, and it yeah. didn't quite work for you. Right. But that's a lot of that's because... I had no way to generate additional power dice. Well, and even the, the offensive magic, a lot of times there's just so much on the board it's hard to fight. Right. 
dude, on a 4K, something like Foot of Gork that can stomp five or six units. If you get a good roll, yeah. And Hand of Gork, getting that model into... I'm just, I'm starting to think that your Orc and Goblin magic in a bigger game, since it, it's... It, it, it's almost very tactical, which seems odd in an orc game, but the ability to move a unit, the ability yeah. to stomp and keep stomping, mm-hmm. these little you know, these little annoying things that you can do mm-hmm. might be far more effective in a big in a game than, than other types of magic. You know, I'm not saying it's, it's possible. I can see a purple sun though really. Well, a, a purple well. sun ruins almost anybody's yeah, yeah. day. Except yeah. elves. Well, here's the thing. If you get a couple of cheap goblin wizards with the itchy nuisance. Uh-huh. Throw some, throw that at something like elves, lower their initiative, then do the purple sun. You're doing some some good damage there. That's true too. So that's another potentially good combo. There's there. lots of cool combos you can do with him. Uh, another one, if you're willing to spend a quarter of your army on him, mm-hmm. especially taking the risk of such a large target. Yeah. Uh, and it is it is a large target, which does give him an 18 inch inspiring presence as well, which is nice. Um, go for it. It's another one. If you took it on the table, I would be happy to play against it. Not happy like rubbing my hands together. I'm going to wipe it out. It's not a weak. He is by no means. It'd be a fun game. A weak target. It would yeah. be fun to play against. Once again, I know we always say it on a scale of one to techless, <laughs> but he's definitely not a techless. He's definitely not a not you know, a one. Not Somewhere a mass queen. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, he's he's one that I wouldn't mind you playing. Once again, I think fairly fairly costed. I agree. Also, fairly costly. Maybe, maybe a little bit expensive, only because I think a lot of the large mounts mm-hmm. in general are a little overcosted because of their fragility. Two cannons. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not everyone. You know, I hate the two cannon or the iron blaster example because any anything you put on the field and you're like, oh, this is awesome. Anyone can say two cannons. Right. I mean, two cannons will kill pretty much anything in the damn game. Sure. Especially dwarf cannons, because even if it's ethereal, I could throw a rune on right. it. <laughs> right. So the, the the two cannons argument is like, well, no kidding. That's like, you know. But it's such a real argument. Two stone throwers, two warp lightning cannons, it is, two iron blasters. I, I'm, not, I'm not invalidating the argument, mm-hmm. but when you're talking about, should I bring this thing because it's big? I mean, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's like, yes, and... And if you stop breathing, you'll die. You know, right. I mean, you know, um, it's yes, two cannons will kill anything. But right. so to sit there and say, well, I can't take this because then you can't take anything. If your whole argument is don't take this because two cannons will kill it, then I can make that argument right. for it's every like single a thing on the game. Paralysis by over analysis. Exactly. Yeah, I hear uh, you. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's not an invalid argument. Mm. But it's almost like a it's 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 gotten to the point where it's like uh, you, if you say well I'll just can it off I'm going to look at you and say well duh sure that, I mean that's, and if you think about our local gaming community mm-hmm. you don't see dual cannons or any cannons that often well, that's because I don't play my dwarves you don't play your dwarves <laughs> I I don't have access to me well stone throwers here or there and dude I'm sorry you play the you're, occasional cannon you're rock lobbers and you're honestly. Your double doom diver is the thing I dread to sit across the table from because not well, only is it damaging, but yeah. you can adjust it. But that's only strength five. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, true. It, it, yeah, it won't do as. It's, but it's, isn't it like a, bu- a minus? Isn't there no? It's not no armor saves, but doesn't it get some? It's some no armor save. Oh well, there you go. Strength yeah. five, no armor save. Yeah. Well, yeah, but if you're going against uh, this guy, who you know his monster is toughness six, if you got so a roll, you are well, wounding on five. Whereas so. the stone thrower, if it hits. It's a it's a two to wound. 
Right. And do multiple wounds D6. True. So, um, But any of that stuff. I mean, once again, it's, it, it's just, I don't mean to sidetrack us again, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those arguments where somebody says, you know, well, sure. I'll just cannon it off. Well, yes, I know. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe the answer is to, for someone to take it. Maybe I need to, you know, orc up and, and take take it and take them. Okay, you're going to cannon it off, so I'm going to doom diver your cannon. <laughs> right. And if I can take off your cannon, then then what are you going to do? Well, I don't think I would doom diver a cannon. I'd have to rock lobber. Rock lobber a cannon, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's just, and I learned that from uh, when I that that time I played Gary Luther. Right. And we were sitting there. He's like, "Why would you cannon thy troops?" He goes, "Why aren't you sniping out my cannon with right, your cannon?" Right. And I just, re- you know, that the, was long, the, the long range. One of the threats. greatest lessons I ever learned playing against someone mm. was when Gary Luther sat there and he's like, "Listen, let me tell you how you should play your dwarves." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I see what you're doing. Let me tell you how to do it right." And yeah. it was like, "Wow, my game went up with my dwarves like fifty percent after that game." That's why you, yeah, if you can play the players that you know are better than you, because you'll learn yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Azog, good guy. Azhag. Yeah, Azhag, Azhag. <laughs> um, yeah, fairly pointed. Okay. Um, to, still, how many lords do we have I left? I think there are three more. Uh, there's four. Four more. Why don't we do one more and break, and okay. then we'll break them into two groups of threes. All right. Let's talk so, some uh, Wurzag. Wurzag. Wurzag, the great green prophet. Now, this guy I like. Yes. I love the model. Yes. I actually have the model. I do, too. Um. Don't even play him. He was too <laughs> beautiful not to not to buy. Of course, I say too beautiful not to buy and paint. And if I ever paint him, I'll throw in the end paint at the end of that. Yeah. Um, kind of mediocre stats. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. He's your, your typical orc shaman. Savage Weapon orc skill shaman. and ballistic skill three. Strength four. Toughness five. One attack. One attack. Two with a frenzy. Leadership eight. Yeah, three wins. Um, so, yeah. So, 350 points. Now he's got a lot of interesting little. He gets an extra rules. spell, which is cool. Yeah, that spell is Warzag's Revenge. Yeah, and he, it, I like it's one of those characters. He's he's a level four right off the bat. Right, it's not something that you know you have to upgrade. Right, and I know a lot of special characters are that way, but yeah, he's a level four with the big wah, mm-hmm. and he's got Warzag's Revenge. You want to tell people what that what that does? Sure, that's a twelve inch uh, range. Um, basically, if it, if it goes off. Any is it any caster or any character? It's any caster. Okay, all enemy wizards, wizards. within twelve inches of Wurzog roll a d six for and each wizard six, that's effective. And on a six, the wizard and their mount, if they're riding any, are killed. Uh, they are turned into a squiggly beast. They're removed as a casualty along with their mount, with no saves of any kind. In addition, you may store one extra dice in your squiggly beast magic item for each wizard that is right. transformed. So he basically turns them into little tiny squigs. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the frog thing, except you get turned into you that to, and you're you're done. You're never coming you're back. You're dead, right? And you get to store dice in this squiggly beast forward. Yeah, you know it's twelve inches. You know, here's the thing with savage orc shamans, and this spell I think highlights this. Do they need to be in combat, or do you want to keep them out of combat? This spell, being at only 12 inches, means he's going to be in the thick of it. He's going to be getting close. Uh, yep. He is toughness 5, and assuming Warzag's unit has the shrunken head, he'll be he'll be at a 4-up ward save, which is pretty good. No armor. Well, he gets... He's got magic resistance 3. 
That's nice. He gets to re-roll his miscast results. That's also nice. He actually has, what's the vindictive gaze from the little Wah? That's a magic missile, 2d6, strength 3. Okay, so now he's got six spells, actually. Right. Uh, and he's got a ward, a five-up ward save. But do you, well, f- naturally on his own, throw the shrunken head, he's a four-up. I'm not as worried about getting him in... I don't maybe don't want to throw him into combat, but I'm not as worried about having him in a unit coming up right behind the combat, trying to get in close and get those short range spells off. Here's the thing: there are two orc spells in that deck. One is uh, Here We Go, that lets okay. it's a two d six range that lets orcs reroll misses to hit. That's okay. one spell. So that's a pretty short range spell. It'll probably be his own unit. You'll be lucky to get another. What's unit. the range? Two d six inches. It, it, and is it everyone within or just every unit within? See, that's almost like my VC. My that he's he reminds me of my necromancer. I'd be running him one inch behind the the the, the bulk those those right. bulk units that are running in there, yeah. and and trying to use my spells to to bump them. Right. Well, I, the other orc spell is uh, fists of Gork, which is plus three strength, plus three attacks, oh, six up wards. So. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that makes your shaman quite, you know, he's strong got, in combat. He's got foot. He's got hand. He's got edbutt if he gets that. Mm-hmm. A strength four hit against one enemy wizard with multiple wounds, D3. Ugh, eight, all of his spells are kind of short short range. That's it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, putting him in a, I'm putting him in a bunker right behind the fighters. Maybe even a bunker of boys, because so they're cheap. You got something yeah. to defend him. You, th- if you take this this fool, he's got to he's got to be behind. You've got to take him. You got to take that risk. I'm I'm used to this. He reminds me of my level four necromancer. Level four necro. Keep only, him out of combat would be your line. You, you put him in a bunker behind the two fighty units, and augment your guys. And you use from him afar. to augment the guys from right behind. And yeah. he's actually close enough where those shorter range. Hexes mm-hmm. can reach out and touch that guy across right. across there. Twelve to eighteen inches, you're going to be able to reach across your horde and touch that unit on the right, other side. Right. Of course, you've you've got to. There, that, that's that. I can't see another way to use this guy. Why would you hang him back anywhere else? You don't want to throw him in the front line. A five up ward save see, is that's, not enough. That's what I struggle with. Though some of those spells indicate that orcs should be orc shamans should be in the thick of it. Ugh. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 why would you put him in the unit that's doing the fighting when he can be one inch behind the unit that's doing the fighting and safe and still boosting them? Yeah, I hear you. You see what I'm saying? Because, I mean, even if it's a 2d6 range, if you're a, an inch or two behind the units... You're going to get it. You're going to get them. You're going to give them all the benefits without the risk. I mean... Right. And his Warzog's Revenge spell, 12 inches, when they're in combat, you could... Reach out and touch that enemy wizard from afar. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, with with all the other with the other uh, orc magic, mm. what's the? Uh, well, there's the gaze of Mork, direct damage four d six inches. Edbutt, direct damage four d six inches. Mm. Here we go. Is the augment two d six inches? Eighteen inches for the brain burst. Uh, uh, the foot's thirty six inches. The hand is twenty four inches. The only, yeah, the only one that is the fistigork, right? 
giving him the plus three six or plus three attacks, plus three strength, and six on board mm-hmm. save. And honestly, the fist of Gork is the one that I'm trading for the gaze of Mork with this wizard because I'm not putting my wizard into combat. Right, you wouldn't. So yeah, I I don't know. It just everything here you can do just as well. From right from behind afar, the fighting right. unit. I mean, not even from so afar. So that, that then sets the stage for how you're building your army, because then you have you have to have a bunker. Yeah, right in the rear, and hopefully it doesn't have to be a huge bunker. If I have two hordes, if I got a horde of savage orcs and a horde of black orcs right in front of me, you that's, know, ten well, wide next thing. to ten wide. If you get around them, then I've done something wrong. Right, I could get a probably get away with a bunker of twenty twenty five boys, mm-hmm. just to you know, right and to put them up front. And, uh, I mean, worst comes to worst, you just make sure to hold your dispel dice uh, so that way they don't template mm-hmm. that unit. You know, you just right. that, you make sure you protect him. Um, so here's the other thing. So if you take Warzag, mm-hmm. you would probably want a shrunken head somewhere. Sure. And you'd probably also want, want a dispel scroll. Okay. Both of those are arcane items. Which means, if you want both of those, you have to take two if you're not shamans. Getting, if you're not getting his unit into combat, mm-hmm. he probably doesn't need the shrunken head as much. But if you're taking a unit of savages that you do want in combat, then you give the shrunken head... Then you, you put a cheap wizard in there. Right, so one cheap wizard in the savages with the shrunken head. Uh-huh. Then you need another one. If you want it to spell scroll, you have to get another wizard goblin, probably, oh, for a cheap scroll. Oh, I see what scroll. you're saying. Because you can't give it to him because right. he's a special character. You can't tweak him at all. And they're both arcane items, so the same character can't take both. So That's true. All of a sudden, your army starts to get very expensive. Throw in the, on top of that your bunker that you have to take. Yeah, well, I there. mean, the goblin, I mean, you're building an army around this, this sure. special character. Um, goblin shamans aren't that expensive. No, I mean, no, they're, if they're you're cheap. If 30 you're, points. I if think. he's a scroll caddy, you're taking one, you're sitting him in the back or sitting him in, the, right, in your unit right. of night. If you're taking a big unit of night, throw him in there mm. or just keep him out of the way. You know, he he's just there mm. to caddy that scroll. So Right. So I think Warzag is, is appropriately priced. He's fun. 350 he is fun. Maybe, Actually, a, maybe a touch expensive. Eh, maybe. I Honestly, I... This is he's probably the guy I would take most often if I was picking special characters. But he sort of fits my yeah. play style. Same I'm, here. I'm used to playing I'm used to I mean like the I magic said game. I'm I'm used to playing I'd play him like, exactly like I would play a necromancer. Right. Yep. This guy is designed to augment mm. my units that are actually fighting, stand behind him and do that, mm-hmm. and when I get the opportunity, go right over their heads and start nailing Right. Nailing my opponents with my other spells. Putting a fork. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So, all right. So we'll take a break and we'll Quick finish break, up the we'll, characters. Yep. Hey, check out that guy in the garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in garage gear. And we're back. 
Yes, we are. We're back. Thanks for staying with us this late in the evening. Garage Hammer Radio Network. Such a soothing tone. Ooh, yeah, I'm like Shadow Stevens. I got that uh, whole uh, soothing come-hither voice. Ladies, if you're listening to the show, send me an email. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> What the hell's wrong with me? It's We're getting with late. you all night into the morning. Uh, all night long. All right, so. Grom the Paunch. Grom the Paunch. Uh, one of the most colorful backgrounds of any. Yeah. His fluff is actually quite compelling. His fluff's insane. He made it all the way to Ulthuan. The fact that he made it through all their magical yeah. wards, got to Ulthuan, and then just started smashing the waystones. Well, don't forget all the rickety ships that they pulled together and built and yeah. sailed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it completely. Cr- okay, the fact that he ate troll, yeah, and he's huge like that, mm. partly because it wouldn't digest. Yeah, it just kept regenerating in his body. It's just, I, I love the fluff on this character. I absolutely love Grom the Punch. Um, fluff is great. Stats, mm, not so not much. So much. This is this is one that's falling from the fun to play to. If you're take, the, I uh, he, he's kind of a concession. I think. Oh yeah, this is Broheimer not all the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, you're taking. This is where the the competitive gamers are rubbing their hands together, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> looking their chops. So you took him. Mm. So let's see. He's uh, a little under three hundred points. He's two, at two eighty five. Now let's think about that. He is sixty five points cheaper than Wurzog. So you think think about how we both said we would take Warzog a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's only at sixty five points cheaper, which isn't a lot. That's pretty much the point cost of I think a goblin shaman. Right. Is the difference in uh yeah. Night yeah, goblin war boss is sixty five points. Right. So he is uh, a goblin war boss difference in uh And it's interesting because uh Niblet, who's his companion that rides around on the chariot with him, yep. counts as your BSB. Oh Christ! So he's in the chariot again. He's in the chariot again. So if he, so he is Grom is your general, maybe your general. He's only leadership eight. It's compl- doesn't have to be your general. Could so, be someone else with higher leader, the same or higher leadership. You could, if you have an orc war boss or a savage orc war boss or a black orc war boss, any orc war boss is going to be a leadership Leader nine. nine. So Grom would not, and he doesn't have any rule that says he has to be the general. Correct. So he could just be your BSB. He could be. Uh, he's on the he chariot again. I mean, yeah. You know, that's one thing. If it's not a magical banner, so you're limited. So Those options see. are taken away from you. And he's well, infantry special character goblin mounted in Grom's chariot, uh, which is an armor save five, mm-hmm. toughness four. Uh, Niblet is the BSB. He's a part of the chariot model, and although he can attack, he cannot be engaged or issue except challenges. And he doesn't even have uh, hero stats. He's one attack, strength three, weapon skill. Two? Weapon skill three. Three. Oh, ooh. These, I mean, but basically, he's just a part of the chariot. He's just another right. attack like on the chariot. Yeah. Now, his chariot has three wolves, so there's only room to carry Grom and Niblet, so there is right. no crew. Niblet's driving. Right. But now, he gets three wolves, so you get an extra attack. Let me just say, this model looks dated. It does. Right. Yeah, it does quite a bit. Um, like circa 1985. Yeah. This is one that can use an update. You know what's is, is cool is the Avatars of War kind of goblin war boss. It looks right. very grommy. Yes. That one is cool. His axe elf biter. Mm-hmm. Plus two strength killing blow. And against elves, it's killing blow on a five or better. 
which is nice. I, it, it plus two strength. Do, do you need killing blow. blow against strength or toughness three elves? Well, it, I'll take killing blow against anything. Yeah, maybe against characters. Well, he's uh, Grom is strength four, which is pretty good for a for a right. goblin. So he's strength six. So he's strength six. So he he can hit anything pretty well. You know, I'll take killing blow on anything though. Yeah, because yeah, you would. know you know when it's you know when it's really good hmm. when you charge this damn thing into a bunch of dragon princes and your strength six is wounding and that armor save. I'll take the killing blow. Yeah, that is actually pretty good. You know, throwing the impact hits with the scythe wheels. Exactly. He's got a five-up ward save. Oh, Grom and the Chariot get a five-up ward save, and Grom has regen. Well, because he ate a troll. Right. Which is kind of nice. Which is nice. It's funny. I've, I've been seeing this on certain characters. I think I saw this in the demon book, too. Something that has regen and a ward, and mm-hmm. the, like demons that have regen. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Oh, it's nice. The regen works a little better, but right. if it's a fire attack, you still fall back on your five-up right, ward. yeah. You, 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 t- you can't have both the region and the ward. You have to take the better of the two. Right. But I'm saying basically if you get hit with flaming attacks, you've you got your ward. ward. Yeah. You can fall back on it because otherwise you're always going to be using your regen. Now, this is an interesting rule that gives a little f- good flavor to him is uh, his army ignores the fear elves special rule. Oh, yes. Which is <laughs> cool. Eats elves for breakfast is the is the name of the rule. Well, I mean, let's face it. Like you said, the guy threw together a bunch of rafts. Yeah, basically overglorified Float out there floated to old one, which is, I just loved reading it. And then the, and the elves were like, what the hell is what this? Is that? And how did he yeah. get here? And then the, and it the turns out they, come down and goblins come spilling out and they go to, and they can't stop him. That's yeah. the part that drives me. Elves on old one. I mean, stop you read the sundering. You see mm. people like Aletha Nar mm-hmm. and his guys who, like, kill everyone and anything that steps around there. They can't do it. They can't get him. And didn't he, like, pretty much disappear? Like, nobody knows what happened yeah, to yeah. him. He's, he's debatably still alive. He, he's debatably still alive, running around on Ulthuan. It could be. Unless he got out somehow and made another raft and floated away. <laughs> Just wonderfully beautiful fluff. And then he can actually call the Wa. He can, just like uh, an orc. War boss. Yep. In addition to the units that would normally be affected, every unit of five or more goblins, goblin wolf riders, night goblins, and forest goblin spider riders, mm-hmm. adds one to its combat res for the rest of that turn. Do they normally not get goblins? Plus one? Yeah. Do they not get plus one and on it's the only wall? orc units? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So. Not only can he call the WAP, but it works for his goblins for the too. Goblins as long too. as there's at least no. five models, it's neat. You know what? I'll I'll take it. Yeah, I I wouldn't. Maybe for a fun game. No, I'm saying if you're giving me the wah. Oh yeah, I see. Because here's the thing: he can call it. So if you have an orc war boss, because you can only call the wah once a game, right? If a war boss is your army general, once per game he may ah. call a wah. So if you had Grom and an orc war boss, you can do it twice. You can do it twice. Yeah. If he calls it, it's good for all the orcs, and suddenly your goblins are getting the plus one to combat res. I, we've already had the conversation. It's right. not huge, but I'll take it. I'll take it, too. Exactly. So I think we've agreed another one. So, so far, there's not a character on here that we'd be like, ugh, you're taking him. That's filth. Like broken? Yeah, there's no... Well, it, the next one is annoying. What, Skarsnik? Skarsnik, yeah. All right, let's take a look at him. So 275 points. Mm-hmm. And Strength and toughness, four. Weapon skill, five. Now, this guy's got six wounds. Part of that's coming from, doesn't he ride a... 
He doesn't ride Gobla. Gobla's kind of um, he's kind of weird. It's it's Gobla and Skarsnik on one base. Okay, but together they're combined for six wounds. You can't pick one out. Okay, and attack one, but they both have different attack profiles. Okay, um, so they get eight attacks between the two of them. Right. Dang. That's pretty good. And Gobla's are killing blow attacks. And it's at strength six. At strength six, weapon skill five, which is pretty good. Wow. All right, so let's see. Magic item, Skarsnik's Prodder, magic weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay, magic missile, range of 24 inches, D3, strength 6 hits, no armor save. It goes to D6 if he's within 12 inches of a night goblin horde. Right. Pound spell power level 5. That's actually not even... That's something you're going to throw two dice at, uh, you know, once again. That's the thing. I love bound spells, and then you stop and think how easy they are to dispel. This well, is one of those things you only get to use it if your opponents run out of dice, basically. Or you throw lots of dice at it for D6, strength 6. Yeah. Eh. With no armor save, it's cool, but once again, you're not... You, right. You, you don't do that. You, you kind you're, of you're hoping for knights. Yeah. I suppose. You're hoping somebody's going to run out of uh, power dice. So let's see. He's got hatred of dwarfs. Fear elves. Fears elves. Killing blow. Gobla's got killing blow only, but four right. attacks at string six, weapon skill five with killing blow. It's pretty good. And then what's uh, sneaky schemes? Sneaky schemes. So what he does is your opponent must roll for each unit before deployment happens. On a six, that unit enters play as reinforcements in the movement phase of their next turn. So you're basically throwing oh. off your opponent's deployment. Right. Well, and it says you roll it. It doesn't say your opponent even rolls. At the start of the game, roll a d6 for each enemy unit. Right. So you're rolling for them. Yeah. So on a six, that unit Comes has to come in as reinforcements. Right. So it's great for war machines because they move on and they can't shoot. Right. That's one thing. Scenarios like meeting engagement. Okay. Where you roll a one and it starts off. So I'm rolling a six first, and then you have to roll for your own. So they're getting double rolls for stuff coming on. off. So one third chance that a unit's starting off. That is annoying. Right. Uh, Trixie Traps, any friendly night goblin unit that chooses to flee and subsequently rallies may reform as normal, but then is free to move during the remaining move subphase. They're also free to shoot, but count as having moved. Now, this one I thought was kind of lame. Night Goblin units, that's only really going to be Night Goblin infantry units. Right. If, if they flee and they rally, assuming they rally, then they can, they can move, but at only four inches. Eh. But you can reform and still move. I mean, it, it's, it's nice. It's something. It's nice. Yeah, it's, a, it's something, exactly. It's, uh, and they can shoot. And once again, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, how often do you have... I mean, do you take a lot of Night Goblin archers? Once in a while, I do. Once in a while. If, if, I, if I take them, I take a lot of them. And, well, and then that's, you know, to take them with this. But then again, this is a bonus that if they flee and they rally, then you can still move normally and, and shoot, shoot with them after right. you do a, a reform of how you want. Right. The whole ability is based on the fact that your Night Goblins fled and then rallied. And then rallied. So... I'm kind of hoping never to use that special ability. You know what I'm saying? I could see maybe if if you have a bunch of fanatics, they get within, well, not even that. The fact is I don't want to be fleeing and having to rally with right, night goblins. Right, right. So it, is it cool? Sure. But is it useful? It, it, if Debatable. I'm, I'm not going to use it that often. When I have to use it, I'm more worried that they're actually going to be able to rally. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right, yeah. Where's that BSB? It's it's an ability that is nice 
if you wind up needing it, but you hope to never need it. I think it sounds more impressive than it ever will shape up to exactly. be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So here are some negatives on Skarsnik. Okay. He's only got a six-up armor save. That's it. <laughs> no ward save. Well, so he's basically got no save because right. anything that hits him is... He's toughness four, six-up save. That's it. Uh, he's on a large base of 50 mil, so he's going to get a lot of attacks going at him, potentially. Yep. And uh, he's uh, a leadership eight lord, which some of these other lords are also leadership eight. You know, that just comes with being a greenskin, the rough and tumble life of being a greenskin. So there's Skarsnik. I, I have not used him yet. Light armor. Yeah. Nothing else. Oh, I've, I've not used him yet, uh, but I think it could be fun for me, maybe not so much for my opponent. Well, he's 10 points cheaper than Grom, and I'm looking at this thinking Grom's a much better choice almost. I don't know. I think Skarsnik's a better choice. Skarsnik's going to die. He's going to die right away. I, oh, if only for messing up your opponent's deployment. That's why I like him. That's a cool thing if the deployment really... If, if, if it you, works. If, if yeah. you roll the sixes. If uh, if they've got only a few drops, mm. or if you just don't manage to roll any sixes, mm. then that whole special ability... is a wash. I mean, if he's got 12 drops, then you should average that you've messed two. up two units. Mm-hmm. I think that's another special ability that looks better on paper than it is in real Probably. life. He's got a ton of attacks, which is great. Look at that. He's got eight attacks. If you charge in, he's got four. Wait, does he get a plus? He don't have no choppa. He's got no choppa. So he's coming in at uh, strength four mm-hmm. with a magic weapon, four right. attacks. Uh, he's got four strength six attacks from Gobla with the with the uh, killing blow. With the killing blow. But once those attacks are over, you have he's paper thin. You have a six wound model that's toughness. Uh, Four and six with, armor save, yeah, uh, which is practically no armor save, right? Because I mean, almost anything is going to have strength four mm-hmm. against you. Heck, so, heck, even strength three will do some damage. Strength to three it. wounds on fives, and yeah, good luck saving all those wounds. Right, right. So he's he's okay. I, I I've toyed with using him. Mm-hmm. I might the minor amount that he will probably mess with your deployment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other ability that you hope never to use. And then right. the four killing blow strength six attacks, you line that up against what uh, Grom's got, you know. It's a little lacking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 275, I think he, this is the one that might be annoying, but. But it might not be. This is pretty much, this is almost seems way overcosted for what it is. You know, I, I did toy with using him for Screw City GT. Okay. And I, I just couldn't find a list that worked. No. I, that doesn't surprise me. No. All right, All so right. who so do we got next? to the big guy, Grimgore Ironhide. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, this guy is pretty cool. Three f- 355 points. Okay. He's got his stat line is five attacks, weapon skill eight, strength toughness five, initiative five. He's got a number of uh, special rules here. Choppas, of course. He's got hatred everybody. <laughs> hatred of everybody. He's immune to psych, true to a black orc. A wa okay. ability, of course. And then he's got the the Immortals, which is his... Uh, so he must have a Black Orc. Retinue. So he has to have a unit of Black Orcs. Mm-hmm. And he can never leave it. He must deploy with this unit and may not leave. So it's not a may. He has to. So he's in a unit of Black Orcs, period. But that's a pretty good unit of Black Orcs in that they've got plus one weapon skill over normal Black Orcs. So they're okay. weapon skill five. 
That is nice. And he, they also have hatred in the first round of combat. They have hate, yeah, hatred everybody. So yeah, so it takes a, a pretty good combat unit. And it makes them really good, really good. Uh, how much is he again? He's three three fifty five. Now let's see. Weapon skill eight is awesome. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's got three wounds, nine leadership, and pretty much everything else is fives. Right. He's got a one-up armor save, five-up ward. Okay. Uh, magic armor, one-up armor, five-up ward. Magic weapon. Gets Nick. Yeah, okay. Sarnagrand. Uh, he got it. Okay, it's a dwarf. It's Jax. Great. <laughs> awesome. Okay, close combat is plus two strength. Always and strength always first. first. So he's hitting you at strength seven. Strength first, eight. First, first round of round. combat, he's hitting you at strength eight. Mm-hmm. And usually re-rolling those misses to hit. One up armor save, five up ward. Mm-hmm. He might... He could possibly be the best lord choice in the book. I think he is, hands down. I, Special yeah. character-wise? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're going to take a unit. But, I mean, don't you most of the time take a unit of black orcs in your army? Uh, not all the time, but I, I often do. This is not something, he, him having to take a unit of black orcs is not something like, oh, damn, I got to take a unit of black yeah, orcs. It's, it's not a downside. There's no doubt. Yeah. And they're better than, and you're not, you are yeah. not don't have to pay for the bonus. There's not a cost to that. They're Ooh, just better. Right. right. Well, they, they explain it that the cost of the upgrade to his retinue is included in his points. Okay. So. So, but that's pretty good. I so mean, the more black orcs you take, the better, the they cheaper are. he is. Right? Yeah. yeah there you, know, you go. Yeah. For three fifty-five, this guy, you've been taking him. Uh, you've had him. You've tried I, him out recently. Him. Yeah, I've used him. He's a combat beast. Yeah. You know the fact that he makes the black orcs that much better is great. Yeah. Now this is the one guy you, you'd be like, I'm taking him, and I'd be like, oof, that's a guy I'd actually fear seeing across mm-hmm. the table. A little more than 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 some of these others. The other ones, yeah. This guy is, I think, legitimately a, a strong threat. Right. I think it's I think it's nice that you've got three pretty decent special characters: one on foot, one on a boar, or one one is Cav, and one oh, yeah. on a, one on a flying monster. So you have different options. So you've you've yeah. literally got you know you've got sort of every and they're all a little different. They've all got their own little special thing. Are, yeah. It is. It's a nice variety. Yeah. Infantry, cavalry, monster. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, he. There's not much to say. He's all sorts of win. Yeah, he used to be in seventh. He used to have seven attacks, but he didn't buff his unit at all, and he used to be uh, twenty points more expensive. Okay. So I think he's he's better now. He loses yeah. two attacks, but he makes his unit better. Right. If you're taking a horde of these, once again, if there's ways to keep them out of the way, right? Uh, Savvy players. I mean, the psychology. So he can he can't flee. Right, he's got to take the charge. Immune to fear, terror, and panic. Ah, right. That's not that. Yeah, it's he's not frenzied, so you're not leading him around by the nose. Right. Um, but basically, I mean, you're going to try to avoid him. If you if you can't, though, he's trouble. This guy's all sorts of killiness. Right. Well, so you have to deploy him. Right. In a good place, you can hand of Gorkum to get you into combats you want, or to help get you into combats you want. So yeah, pretty good. And if you really want to keep people from blocking them up and getting things in your way, mm-hmm. put your two mangler squigs in front yeah, of them and just run them in front of them. <laughs> you really want to block him up? You don't want to fight him? Here, I'll throw these mangler squigs there in front of him. There you go. Some board control. They just, seriously, could you picture just two of them running straight forward, clearing a path for for, for, for Grimgor? Grim I can see that. Uh, that would work. That Cinematic. Would be, yeah. 
yeah, let's let's stop real quick, um, and then we're going to come back. We've got one, two heroes, two heroes. We've only got two hero options, and uh, then that'll be. I think we're going to wrap up the show there. And then, okay, all right. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm; it doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got battle foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at battlefoam.com. Battle foam, protecting your army. Okay, and, uh, and we're back. Only two options here. Only two. Uh, let's start with Snagla Grobspit. That's <laughs> a great name. That is nice. That's great. Yeah, it's paints just, such a good picture. Um, he is a goblin. He's Goblin Cav. Cav riding a spider. Oof. So it's he's kind of fragile. I'm assuming here. Well, he's a goblin hero. So okay. Yeah. So he's got two wounds. Uh, three attacks and pretty much everything else is a four, except right. well, leadership seven. He, did we cover the cost? One hundred fifteen points. One hundred fifteen points. There you go. Yeah. Um, the sting of Snagla. One use only. Thrown weapon. Poison attacks. Multiple wounds. D three. Yeah. One use only. Ooh. Exactly. Thrown is weapon. That's a six inch range. Is it? Boo. Yeah. Uh, poison attacks. Multiple wounds. D three. Yawn. It is quick to fire, which means no minus one for the move and shoot. If he gets right up onto something. Right. Within you know, six inches. Yeah. Something gets really close to him, right. or, but still. That's another thing. If, you, if you're if you in range to throw this, you're already in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have the, the, what's that rule? The creeping assault. Okay. Well, that's not the special rule. Uh, uh, the death creepers? They no. are ambushers. Okay. So you can ambush them. You can't charge on the turn that you come on to the table. The ambushers rule for those, just as a reminder, at the start of turn two, you roll a die. And on three up, they show up in the remaining moves phase of any edge. Oh, wait. Creeping Assault. Are you sure that we're, are we talking that's, about the same thing? That's Death Creepers. Oh, well, that's sorry. Ambushers. The Ambushers special rule is what his Death Creepers unit mm-hmm. gets. Oh, okay. The Death Creepers with, uh, okay, they have Ambushers, Devastating Charge, and Hatred Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, the fluff is Empire's encroaching upon the forest. Ah, okay. So he's coming out to kick their butts. They also cause fear on the turn they charge. Okay. He must be with the unit and can't leave it. No other characters right. in it. Okay, so he's basically in a unit of Spider Riders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, his creeping assault rule is actually kind of cool. They can climb and squeeze through tight holes, making them ideal for assaulting buildings. Unlike other cav, they don't have to dismount before assaulting a building, right. meaning the spiders attack too, and the riders increase their armor save for being mounted. Each spider rider and his mount count as a single model when determining the number of models that can fight in a building assault. Note that they still cannot garrison a building. So you can fight with 10 of these. 10 models, and you're getting 20 attacks. Not bad. And if he's in the unit, then he's getting actually three attacks. Mm-hmm. So nine plus him is uh, 22, 22 attacks. 
And the spiders are poisonous. That's not bad. Yeah. Fast calf, obstacle strider. This isn't bad. Uh, yeah, for a hero choice, okay. if you're going to take spider riders, he's not a bad choice. He gives them enough special. But his his weapon's got to be either not one use only or longer range. Uh, that's his special weapon. His magic weapon is... Poison attack, multiple wounds, D3. So his regular weapon does multiple wounds, D3 on top of it. His regular weapon does? Yeah, because that equipment is the, the sting uses. One Look at magic right. items, fang spike. The fang spike has the poison attacks, multiple wounds, D3 special rules. It's his magic weapon. That's not a one use only. Okay. His sting is a, that special thrown piece of junk. But so his magic weapon <laughs> is... Uh, yeah, he's got a magic weapon that's poisonous to multiple wounds, D3. Oh, yes, okay. Uh, you know where this guy could come in quite useful is in that uh, first scenario with all the buildings, take the buildings scenario. Right. This guy and his spider riders could become very useful. They could become useful. Depends on who they're fighting against. Yeah, I could see that. Yep. With his multiple wounds, D3 attacks yep. and stuff like that. I mean, you could really... Lay into a unit there. I mean, I'm just do saying, some damage. Yeah. You know, for a, a, a scenario, it's take take or destroy a bunch of buildings. Right. These guys, that's their whole point is, is go in and get yeah, it. Yeah. Obstacle climbers, so they're getting the you know poison they're, and they're, everything. Yeah. Oh. So maybe the those narrative scenarios really open the door to these wonky special characters as viable options. Yeah, that's maybe. possible. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you got enough of them. They got to come in useful somewhere, <laughs> right? They, they wasted the paper and you know, not wasted. They used paper and ink <laughs> on these for some paper. reason. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right, so that's Snagla. Okay. So we'll wrap it up with uh, Gatilla the Hunter. Gatilla the Hunter. Oh God, this is another one of those that th- his his name started bordering on Lizard Man's special right, right, names. Because right. I think I think if there's a prize, Lizard Men get the prize for the dumbest special names: totally Itsy agree. Bitsy and yeah. Tic Tac Toe. And you, you know, Tato Echo wasn't that one of them. I'm sorry, I, I have a theory that the, that the guys who were writing up the Lizard Man book, I think they were sitting around on a Friday night, like they were working, and they went out after work and they got drunk and just started coming up with stupid names. So, well, we'll just spell them in those weird ways and see who see who gets it. Mm. Because seriously, tic tac toe makes me want to punch somebody every time I hear his name. They're, I'm like, they, you either went out drinking or they're smoking some uh, goofy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, but uh. <laughs> anyway, Catilla the Hunter, 110 points. He's basically a guy riding around on a uh, fast cav wolf. Okay, who's got a, a nice bow, which is a 24 inch strength three, quick to fire multiple shots three bow. That's not bad. So, again, he's not suffering from the move and shoot penalty. And it's a magic weapon. And it's a magic weapon. Uh, I don't want to tell you what to do, but if you're oh, fighting ethereal. against VC, yeah, this is a great tailor made for ethereals. Yeah. Four up armor. So it's a three up save with his wolf mounts. With his pelt. I like that he can re roll any pursuit or flea rolls. Mm-hmm. He's fast cav. So he's already getting swift stride. Right. And you can re roll it. Yeah. Oh my! He's gonna catch or get away from just about anything, which is nice. He's oh, you nine. think? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like it. He's always accompanied by his mob of slavering wolf boys, the Howlers. Mm-hmm. An additional plus one ballistic skill and quick to fire, which is pretty good. They're good for harassment, well, shooting, getting in the way. Okay, so wait, 
wolf riders normally have bows? Yeah, it's an upgrade. So, but I'm assuming you're going to take them if you're taking well, these yeah, guys. Yeah, of course. So they're normally ballistic skill three. So he's actually making them ballistic skill four, mm-hmm. quick to fire. So they're hitting if they move. Even if they move, they're hitting most things on threes. And they're just one unit. They can fire in two ranks. You almost want to take like a dozen or so yeah, of these yeah, guys yeah. and let them just start, you know. Run around, start shooting. Yeah. Get annoying. How often do you get to use fast cav and run them around and actually use them to start shooting at things? Like, look, you used to. Not often. Because if you move them, that's the penalty. You don't have to worry about that here, which is nice. You don't have to worry about it. And they're, see, you can give them the bows and if you want to give them shields. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't, it doesn't say that if you take the shield, they're no longer fa- like a lot it of that. It does stuff. not say that. So you can take shields, and they remain fast cav. So they're going to have a four up save. Yep. And it's twelve points a model, which is pretty cheap. All things being equal, right? Yep. You could take nine or ten of these things, and for one hundred twenty points, mm-hmm. which isn't, I mean, dude, you pay that much for a whole bunch of different things right, that right. do a lot worse. Them riding around shooting 10 bow shots at getting things. In the way and, getting yeah. in the way. I mean, hell. I mean, war machines have a really high toughness, so you're only wounding on sixes. But you can get them around the back. Strip that. off a couple wounds here or there. Picking, just picking up chaffs things. Just right. picking up little chaff units and getting in the way. And, and suddenly it's like, I've got to focus on these things. Of course, now, how much is he? 100 points? 110. So suddenly you're putting him in that unit, and so it's a 200-point fast cav running around annoying right, things, which, which suddenly becomes expensive and maybe things. not. Yeah, yeah. If you want to take him, even for 110 points, he's almost a little overcosted. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's fair, but... It'd be a fun choice. Here's the thing. To use his cool special abilities, yep. you need a bigger block of these wolf riders. He's got to take a unit. He's got to take a to minimum maximize unit. on the shooting. Right. Well, I mean, But he's got to take them anyway. I yeah. mean, I, it's not an option. He's like Grimgore. Mm. He's, he's got to be in a unit with these things. It's a it minimum cost of 50 if you go basic right. howlers. No upgrades. Right. And, you're, and if you don't at least give them the... You, you have you to give them a musician. Right. If you don't at least give him a bow, then the special ability means nothing. Right. You need the muso for the rally attempts. Right. And so then you're gonna you're gonna want to actually, like you said, have more to maximize on what you can do with the shooting. So suddenly it's becoming a kind of it's a kind of a price unit for what it, right? Yeah. Yep. You want to do it? It's there's nothing in there's not a model, not a special character in this book. Then I look at them and say, "Crap, that's broken." And just, he's not even Grimgore. Not even, he's, he's not tough. broken. You have to he's respect tough. him. And I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. necessarily want to fight him. But not broken. Not Teclas or Kairos broken. No. Right. I wouldn't even. Dude, I think for the for the cost, he seems pretty fair. For the cost for him, I for would. Gatilla. I would, yeah. yeah. No, I not Gatilla. So. I mean, Gatilla is a little expensive because you've got to have him in that unit, and they are pretty. You know, they could be four up saves. Right. It's better than your average fast calf and cheaper, but it is still a pretty fragile unit that's still it basically is. running around for a harassment unit, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a little expensive. It's a lot of points there for but that. But I'm saying, uh, yeah, Grimgore at 350. He's, I don't want to say he's a five because we never actually defined the scale. Right. But between you're really taking that at the one level of the, it's a complete concession and broken, he, he seems pretty damn balanced. I, I mean, he might, he, I'd probably put him at about a maybe four. About a, Grimgore? I mean, if broken is a, a ten. If, really? Wait, like one through five? 
No, five I'm talking, being broken? No, no, I'm saying from a low from one to ten. One to ten, oh. Five being in the middle. I'd maybe make him a six. Yeah, I, yeah, six is probably where I put him. And, and that's that's the best one they got. They're all fun. They can't, in, in, a, in the hands of a good player. Some of them could be really good. Some of them can be really devastating. But there's nothing that is, a, you know, oh, I can take care special characters. I'm taking him. Right. There's no one plus that special stands character. Out above the rest. And it really depends on your play style because I think I would be equally fearful of getting into combat with any of those three orc war bosses, whether it's Grimgor, Azag, Azag, whatever, Azag. and Gorbad. Gorbad. Any of them. Yeah. They're all balanced. They're all right about a six. There's nothing here that's going to blow me away, but you got to at least respect what they can do because yeah. they're made to fight. Maybe, you know, going forward, maybe I'll have to play some more games, experiment with those and see how they do. They, they're very different. They all each offer different things. Yeah, they do. And they all have something that can make the list fun. Right. You know, whether you're taking the Immortals or you're taking these guys or those guys. Death Magic it, or whatever. Yeah. It's funny how many special characters in this particular army list require, like, a bodyguard unit to go with them. Mm. I mean, you think... Yeah. When they deploy that unit and they can't leave it and right. no other character can join it. Right. It's kind of limiting in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it adds a little bit of that balance. Um, but, you know, and the guys who can run on their own... Mm are huge models that you might want. Right. So the guy you want to put in a unit with the boards, <laughs> you, <can't. laughs> you really can't, you know, you're Grom yeah. the Paunch, you can't put in a unit. Right. The, uh, the, Azog. You, Azog, you can't. Uh, and the guys that, you know, that are really good, they're just like, okay, they got to stay with this right. unit. But, I mean, the unit they're in isn't bad for what it does either. Right, right, right. All right, so... Um, yeah, so that's one, special characters for Greenskins. Greenskin special characters. Once again... Proven the fact that special characters in 8th edition are actually... Coming back to the pack here a little bit. They're fun. Yeah. There's no reason to, to, to shudder and just get that, I think... And I don't think anybody does anymore. It's been two years. I mean, when this, you know... I, I mean, it's it's actually a rare tournament now that says no special characters. Right. Blood of the Sun, was, I think, was one of the one of exceptions. The few. And that may change. Yeah. We're, we're currently discussing that. I, 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 I just don't see the point. Of banning them anymore, I can see. Uh, if, I, I do. Your, your Teclases and your Fate Weavers—they can, can see throw if the you game want, out of whack. Oh my god! Okay, so we're doing demons next. Next time we do a special, because we were going to do it tonight, but we're running long enough. Yeah. Holy crap! Is Fate Weaver broken? Yeah, he is. Holy crap! Yeah. I was reading this, going, "Wait, he can do what?" Well, we'll, we'll save this for the demon portion. Yeah, but I mean, wow. Okay, yeah. so let's do this. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll say goodbye to everybody. All right. Okay. This is Greg Down from the Hydras, and when I want my Warhammer uncomped, I listen to Garage Hammer. Skills. All right, folks, um, we're going to wrap the show up here. Oh, you fell out of your uh, nighttime DJ persona. Uh, I guess so. All right, folks, I'm going to say goodbye to you for Signing this evening. Off. I'm going to sign off. I'll be back with you next week, uh, five nights a week on the overnight drive. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, folks, so we're going to wrap up the show for tonight. We've covered a whole slew of topics. We just want to say thanks for listening. Please leave us uh, an iTunes review. We can yes. always use another. Uh, I want to thank RT Gamer USA, which is Ryan Taylor, RT Gamer. Okay. Uh, he finally left us an iTunes review after listening for a while. Nice. 
uh, a really nice one. Been my favorite podcast for some time. Aww. Chris will be missed, but Mr. U has been doing well. Here's to the next 50. Oh, thank you. Scottish Dwarven needs work. Don't talk to me about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, here's one. Uh, P. Cole Regis on the 18th. Loving the U is what's up. Loving uh, the U, huh? Uh, have to, great to have Chris on board. Analytical and plays high elves. A man after my own heart. Dave, keep up the nice. good work. I like the shift in focus to the garage in Garage Hammer. Very good. Pickled Ginger left another great one. Oh, I know Pickled. Yep. He left a great uh, review. Christopher Barnett will be missed. For sure, as the Burt to David's Ernie. I th- that is a great <laughs> description right that there. That is a great The Burt to David's Ernie. But with Christopher, you now on board as a new co-host. I'm sure the show will evolve into something quality as wonderful. And then, yeah, just, I mean, we actually got, in August, we've got one, two, three, four, five, five, five really nice five reviews. reviews. So thanks oh, to good. everybody who left them. Thank you, guys. We always love more. And, guys, we do read it. In fact... Sometimes if I'm sitting around editing and I'm just listening and yeah. it's like something's going smooth where we're just talking through, I will open up iTunes and go read and just reviews. look at all the other countries yeah. just to see if anyone that's not uh. on this American feed because there's there's ones in the different countries. So it, we read every last one of them, or at least I know I, I do. I do so. too, actually. I think it's great. I love listening to I love reading feedback them. is always good, right? Yeah. It makes the show better ultimately. Exactly. And so, um, like I said, we do check them out. That's the bird to my Ernie. That's that's really fantastic, actually. It's not going to have to be the, uh, the Grimlock to your story. <laughs> <laughs> they treat the hobby with respect without losing sight of the fact that we're talking about playing with toy soldiers. And it says in parentheses here, yes, Dave, they're toys. When did I ever say they weren't? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's I, I, I really love getting them. So if, you, if you're willing to leave them, we do read them. We do appreciate them. And apparently, that's not necessarily the thing that boosts... It helps boost you up on the iTunes list when people do searches. Right. But what I found out will really boost you, and Daniel told me this, if a lot of people start subscribing to you at the same time, you boost up. Oh, so popularity contest. Like, well, Curry jumped up to number one when he opened up the daily thing. Uh, and think about this. Every He opened it up and said, I need you within a week... All of his subscribers subscribe to that. Is that right? Because for the longest time, I saw Podhammer still high up on those rankings. Well, yes, because lots of people had subscribed to him in the beginning, and yeah. there was nobody that had subscribed in a much bigger batch in a short period of time. It's I something see. about how many subscribers in a short period of time. I would love to totally run an experiment and say, like, you know, November 1st, I want everybody to unsubscribe <laughs> to the show and resubscribe on November Let's see 1st. What and see what happens. See, boom, shoot, you know, because according, and this is just according to Daniel, but I generally trust him on this sort of stuff. Sure. If you get a crap load of subscriptions all at one time, more so than iTunes reviews, it will shoot you through the roof on how, how, how you show up. Well, you put a call out to the Garage Hammer Tools. All right, do Tools. That November 1st, Tools. <laughs> Everybody unsubscribe and then resubscribe. We'll see what happens. It's on. Of course, if you, uh, remember tools. If you unsubscribe, please remember please to resubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to lose anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back in a few weeks. Not one hundred percent certain with what, but uh, we'll, we'll be here. Something. Uh, yeah, and I, we'll be here, and I hope you will too. All right. So thank you. Take Bye, care, guys. guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. 
If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forum at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, follow David at Garage Hammer, and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. Holy crap, his fate weaver broken. Yeah, he is. Holy crap. Yeah. And you know the first thing I thought after reading his list? I got to buy one of these. <laughs> He's so much. I